Well, I'll give this little cookie an hour before we're doing the no pants dance. <laughs> Time to musk up. Wow. Never ceases to amaze me. What cologne are you going to go with? London gentleman or... Wait. No, no, no. Hold on. Blackbeard's delight. No. She gets a special cologne. It's called Sex Panther by Odeon. It's illegal in nine countries. Yep. It's made with bits of real panther. So you know it's good. It's quite pungent. Oh, yeah. Ooh, it's a formidable scent. It stings the nostrils. In a good way. Yeah. Brian, I'm going to be honest with you. That smells like pure gasoline. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. Well, let's go see if we can make this little kitty purr. The one and only Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Gottfried, did he have to fight off the urge to talk like him? All right. I think that's just you. Why, hello, it's 7 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this the month of May, the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed and hate-filled studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. Come along, that ye may laugh and be entertained. It's uh, 503-733-2970, 503-733-2970, 503-733-2970, that's Riverside 2970, 503-733-2970. With your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, two cents, observations, ruminations, ironic musings, limericks, uh, statements made in iambic pentameter, whatever have ye, 503-733-2970, 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com, rick at rickemerson.com, sarah at 970.am, tim at 970.am, or richie with a t 
970.am. Uh, Richie Bristol is standing by, ready with himself, musked up, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the alcoholic, whatever. Uh, it's 503-733-2970, and we are now eight hours and 52 minutes away. That is eight hours and 50. We are now at DEFCON four and a half. Uh, eight hours, 52 minutes away from Rick Emerson, listener party 11, happening tonight, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. No ticket, no cover, no charge, uh, no dress code, no nothing. Uh, just be 21, grab your ID, and be there, won't you please? Uh, featuring the Rick Emerson Roast uh, with Roastmaster Carl Click. Roasters to include Sarah X. Dillon, Storm Large, Court and Fatboy, Scott Daly, Aaron Duran, Peter Carlin, Byron Beck, uh, Cavalcade of Thousands. Uh, really? Did we just get a piece of good news, Sarah? Yes, I was just going to write that. All right, excellent. Thank you. Uh, makes me feel so much yes, better about it. Yes, I know. Me right. too. As soon as you told me that, I'm like, nah. Yeah, all right. Cool. What? 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 Nothing. What? Nothing. You know, it doesn't I matter. I will tell you up the air. <laughs> it doesn't matter because it's taken care of. Oh. Okay. Looked like for just a moment there was going to be a little bit of a, there's going to be a little bit of a fly in the ointment. As John McClain would say, fly in the ointment, monkey in the wrench. Uh, not anymore. Taken care of. Genius. Uh, also happening tonight, uh, the soothing sounds of Nickel Arcade, a fantastic uh, introductory film that really, like, every single time I see any part of it or hear any part of it, it gets better and better. Have you seen the full completed thing? I haven't. I have not. I haven't seen the full completed thing either. Uh, I know that there were some final touches being put on uh, the sort of the, the, you know, the marrying of audio to video uh, last night. Uh, tonight, also the world premiere of a brand new short film starring our own Tim Riley. By the way, and I watched it last night, by the way, and it's great. Did you like it? It's fantastic. It really is. Usually short films don't get shown anywhere unless I'm in them. <laughs> and then it's a really short film. It's then nine it's seconds on the cutting room floor. That's yeah. how short it is. Um, so I watched it last night, and I didn't quite know what to expect, but I can tell you, it was genius. Yeah. So uh, I, it, 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 how do I put this? So tonight we will be, in addition to all of the mayhem, the merriment, craziness, the alcoholic debauchery, whatever, we're going to be debuting this world premiere, this film from Tim Riley, which I watched last night, and it kind of went some directions that I didn't expect it to. <laughs> I was watching it, and I thought, well, this it, is... It is a daring script. <laughs> it, it, it really is. But I think the audience will enjoy it. No, no, no. This is exactly the right crowd for it. Uh, that's what I was thinking. If there's going to be any crowd on Earth that watches this short film from Tim Riley and really, really appreciates it, it's going to be this crowd tonight. I was watching it last night, and you'll have to... <laughs> Uh, you'll forgive me when I say that I was also a little delirious because it was like at 1.50 in the morning. I was sitting there waiting for some audio to process on my computer for, anyway, it's a whole long thing. And I'm sitting on the sofa, and it's like 1.50 this morning. I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch Tim's film, make sure that everything, you know, not that I didn't expect it to be good, but I just watch and make sure there are no technical glitches in the DVD, that it was going to play all the way through. We weren't going to have any, we've had some issues with skipping in the past and whatever. So you know, I put it in, and... I won't give anything away, but Tim's face comes on the screen, and I just immediately started laughing. No offense, because oh. you had that expression. It's, it's great. It's really, <laughs> really great. So tonight you will see the world premiere of a brand new short film starring Tim Riley, which is great. It, it is my payback for all these uh, local flakes who call themselves uh, <laughs> talent scouts and, and casting directors who say they're going to meet me places. Don't show up. They're all bastards, Tim Riley. All of them. So I decided that I was going to put my own little SAG project together. You know, Portland very seldom has a, a SAG motion picture playing. That so what true. I do, I put my own together. So all of you can just go pound it. <laughs> all you so-called local casting directors who were supposed to meet me like two or three times, it didn't show up three times. All you so-called talent agents trying to book talent, you can't even uh, sign anyone who actually works. So F you off. It's my own little SAG project. Can I put it together? Wow. 
Is my revenge. Is the roast started already? Yes. Jesus. Tim, you want to read my cards for me? <laughs> no. <laughs> Please. But it just feels good. Do you like a Valium? <laughs> Excellent. No, it does. And it's it's really, really good. So... In addition to everything else tonight, uh, the world premiere of a brand new short film uh, starring Tim Riley, which is very, very good. So, all yeah, right. everyone around you rejects you, put your own thing together. Exactly. Well, that's, that's really that's been the story mm-hmm. of my life, actually. But I should be in a band. What I? I'll just do it myself. All right. Oh, Jesus, what else? All right. Well, coming up in today's program. CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us today. Bob Noodles, Constantini as well. And uh, our best wish is going out to Jim Roop, I guess. Uh, but he pulled something and he's messed yeah, his back he up messed or something? Yeah, he messed up his back pretty bad and he's like bedridden. Like he can't even speak on the phone? Mm-hmm. He's almost as old as Madonna now. I mean, it's, you know, but he, it must be pretty serious if Jim Roop can't even be on the phone because normally that guy just gets loaded and plays through the pain with, his, you know, with raw courage and whiskey. We might have Lisa Desjardins, too. I'm waiting to hear back from Tyler. But they've got her out on the, on the primary thing still. So. I think so. All right, so we'll... Um, Top five coming up today as well. Uh, top five vanished metal bands from the 80s. These are bands that had a gigantic hit in the 80s and then vanished. Never to be heard from again. Again, again, again. Uh, we'll answer the magical question, why? Where's all that sewage going? Uh, let's see. What else? Um, Dave Zinn, I think, is going to pay us another visit because we still, we're also very puzzled about this. This ballot business that he brought us yesterday. It is High Concept Thursday, uh, so it, we'll have that. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, well, we'll talk to Richie Bristol about some other stuff. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification between inexplicably uh, hateful rants today. Well, Portland police shoot <laughs> another bad guy who was asking for it. Portland police also do a sweep of the homeless who refused to stop camping in front of the city hall. <laughs> a guy who got chased from selling drugs on the, the Max platform at 82nd. Well, he got chased away and then he broke into two houses. Hillary will hold a live town hall meeting, we understand, at KGW tomorrow night. And since it's on Friday night... No one's going to know about it by Monday. Wait, will she be here? She will be at the KGW Studios Friday night, holding a town hall. My last chance to stalk her before she vanishes. You've got to see the hair in person, I'm totally going to go. That's the story of my life, chasing Hillary. Yes. Uh, The crazy president accused the Democrats of being like Nazi appeasers in some bizarre ranting speech. (laughs) Okay. The big heat wave arrives this afternoon, just as we don our Texas. Charlton Heston's Ten Commandments tablets will be auctioned off. Tanya Harding has a new tell-all book out, and we're going to be hearing from her. I guess she was on the uh, Today Show. Uh, CBS spent $1.8 billion uh, buying some dot-com crap today. <laughs> and uh, California Supreme Court has overturned the state's ban on gay marriage. Arnold Schwarzenegger says he's all for it, and he's all for the gays. All right, excellent. Good for him. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Joined today, as always, by the lovely and unflappable Sarah X. Dillon. Why, hello, and how are you? Hi. Can I call you the unsinkable Sarah X. Dillon? Okay. Okay. That's uh, that's going to be your new name. For the next week, that's going to be your name. Oh, we'll see. You know, in like 10 hours, we'll see. I talked to you last night, by the way. Um, so this, just if I can uh, back on this, uh, on, on something else for a second, and then we'll, we'll kind of throw it back to you. So last night, and I have a blog posting up about this at both uh, my, my space page and then at just rickemerson.com. You can see this blog posting, which is, I mean, you can go there and read it, or you can just listen to me basically say this to me here. So last night, uh, for the first time since they started rehearsing for this, I went to see um, Emerson Starship go through what they've been practicing. I, it was so jaw-droppingly good. I mean, it was so... Well, you heard me last night. I mean, I... You were like a giddy little schoolgirl. I, I went to see Emerson Starship play last night, and they've done, you know, they, they've been our house band for a while. We worked with them in a lot of things. And you know, they're always fantastic. You know, they're immensely talented players, and they've really got their crap together. And so the... It, it, 
This is, by the way, this is how this is Emerson Starship for you. This is this is what puts them sort of a, a cut above. So we were, you know, kind of figure out what what's going to be backstage, and there's, you know, like the the room where the band is going to hang, kind of as the, before they get ready to play or whatever. And there was like a memo that went out to me, and it was like, hey, what kind of, you know, what kind of beer would the band like to have backstage? And so I said, well, you know, I don't really know. I, I can't speak for the Rock. So I send the email off to Andrew, the band leader, and I said, hey, uh, so CBS wants to know what kind of beer you guys want backstage at the Crystal Ballroom. And Andrew sends him a letter back, and he's like, he's like, no beer for us, thanks. Water is the key to proper, you know, what, no. He said, no beer for us. Hydration is the key to proper rocking, Rick. And I mean, that was it. So they take it seriously. Um, so I went to see them last night, and there was a moment about, I mean, I just stood there agog for about 25 minutes and at the first chance I got I actually left the rehearsal space and I went to the parking lot and I immediately called like three different people this is the best thing I've ever heard uh, I called Sarah at the space room and I just began she you wouldn't even answer the phone I started screaming into the handset about how great the band was last night and about how astoundingly staggeringly blown away people are going to be and I mean it, and they're going to do you know and you don't you don't get all like spazzy and I you were totally you're freaking out. I called you. I called Joni. It was a text over The band is so good. Um, the uh, and it's going to be the stuff people sort of you know they 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 bring the rock and they do all the kind of face melting sort of eighty stuff that people expect from them. I mean, there's going to be and they're going to be playing a bunch of things that I think people. How do I put this? They're going to be playing because they're going to do a full set at the end of the listener party tonight. They're going to do the full rock set, um, and they're going to be playing some songs that you may recognize from a popular radio program. Uh, which are just going to be astounding. But they're going to be doing music all through the roast. I mean, and this is the thing we haven't really stressed, I think, a lot, is that Emerson Starship is going to be doing sort of nightclub, you know, sort of a, a band, you know, big band style. All the music that goes from the beginning of the party all the way through the roast. The roasters all have kind of customized themes that they're going to get brought on stage with. And so this was my first time last night hearing it, and I, I was in this room. And, I mean, this is in a tiny little box of a, of a rehearsal room. I mean, it's the size of Richie's call screening room, basically, and there's nine people in there. And it was so fantastically good. Uh, just so, anyway, I, you just got to go there tonight. It's just, as, if, as if there wasn't enough reason to be there tonight, uh, which is in uh, eight and a half hours, the band is going to, I mean, no matter how many times you've seen them, and no matter what, they're going to level your expectations. They're going to take your brain apart and kick it down the street. So, just unbelievable. Anyway, so I called Sarah last night at the space room where you were. What were you kind of going? Were you rehearsing your? your yeah, I was. Roast? With, I was with uh, my buddies Heather and Tuggy, and we were just. They were helping me go over it over and over and over again, and I got some. I got some good input. I'm just. It's just. It's okay. So you're filled with anticipation. That's exactly it. Well, because especially if you haven't written something, it's hard. Uh, I've been kind of working on how I should present other people's. You know. Mm -hmm. Words, which is obviously going really well for me right now. <laughs> These are even your own words. Awesome. <laughs> Look at how I just my own words. <sighs> so let me understand. Let's go around the room. So Tim, so Tim Riley is over there holding a scepter and demanding that people's heads be removed in the film industry. You are only the locals. You, 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 you are actually not able I'm to speak a, at all. I'm having a full-blown panic attack right now. I believe. I don't have any value. I've taken them all. <laughs> I took but I feel good. Yeah, no, I, I feel good about it, too. Uh, it's going to be... I'm it's, just so damn happy for it's you a, it's a, it's a, <laughs> Will there be bottled water backstage? <laughs> there will be, Tim. Okay. Will there be vodka backstage? There will be... Uh, yes, there will be vodka. There will be bottled water. There will water. be vodka? Well, I'm bringing some vodka. <laughs> Um, Thank you, Rick. See, that's that's why you're my friend. That's what Rick Emerson knows what you need, baby. Um, 
Uh, so there will be water, there will be uh, vodka, and there'll be uh, some brand of uh, beer backstage. Uh, so uh, that'll be there, and of course, uh, out in, in the crystal, there's going to be uh, an alcohol beverages aplenty. Uh, it's it's going to be uh, unbelievable. It really is. So um, I had some other point to make here, but it's gone now. Um, I actually just started rehearsing my roast this morning, so we'll see how that goes. I, uh, we... You'll be just fine. You have the gift <laughs> of gab. See, but you say that now. You say that now and God laughs. No, Rick, you'll be fine. What could possibly go wrong with your roast that you just started practicing an hour ago? So that's okay. I'm better than some who finally just finished writing the first draft of their roast about 15 minutes ago. <coughs> hey, at least, at least it was written. Oh, I'm not even going to say. We'll reveal it all tomorrow. Oh, my God. Tom tomorrow. Let, me, minutes, let, me, let me just say this. Uh, everybody's known about this for like seven weeks. There's one person who will not be identified, who I do believe just finally got the roast submitted and written, like l literally as the as the program began today. So I just posted a space bulletin about the listener party. Excellent. Uh, so tomorrow all will be revealed, but tonight you got to go, you got to see it. Rick Emerson listener party eleven happening tonight, eight p.m. the Crystal Ballroom. Um, we haven't even talked about this thing that Richie sent me. So we got uh, that. Oh, by the way, and just so. Let's all read all the massive symbolism into this. So you know how I'm crazy, and so I have that shrink appointment. It's coming up in oh, June. Oh, it's impending, yes. It's in June. So apparently the shrink called, and I didn't take the call because I wasn't around, so my wife answered the phone. And the shrink called, and he's like, hey, by the way, uh, it looks like my schedule is actually kind of freed up a little, so I, I can actually make some time for Rick if he wants to come in earlier and talk about all this craziness and, you know, and talk about how his mental health is the most important thing to him. And my wife said, when is that? And he goes, uh, that'll be Thursday the 15th at 8 p.m. So I'll just go ahead and pencil him in. So I'm sorry about that. So it, really every planet aligned, and tonight was actually the only other time the shrink could see me at 8 p.m., so I told him no. So my mental health will be put off for weeks and weeks and weeks because of the people, because it's what I do. Uh, we've got a couple of these. Rick. Uh, Rick, Sarah, Tim, and Richie sending well wishes from Australia. Wish I could be there, but I am one of the few that have a uh, that have an excuse for not going to Emerson's Eleven. I live seven thousand miles away in Melbourne, Australia, and and I need a babysitter. Uh, maybe next time we can coordinate a listener party with my trip uh, to PDX. Uh, break a leg. That is from Kiki, uh, who lives in Melbourne. So I love girls named Kiki. And there you go. Uh, there's that. Let's see. What else do we have? We have this. Is this another one from Australia? Here's another one. Uh, let's see. Podcast listener wishing the 970 gang all the best tomorrow night. Uh, let's see. I have put a, a call out to our PDX mates uh, for an arrested development type surrogate to step forward and give us a presence at the event. Uh, we are 22 hours away from Emerson's 11, so it will be during the lunch hour. I will raise a pot of Victoria Bitter for you. Uh, she says, by the way, that is Australian for, Australian for beer. No one drinks Fosters here. Um, in true Emerson fashion, I will have somebody else buy it for me. I will call the bartender a douche and then spend ten minutes completely misrepresenting the origins and the history of beer. And then related to a Yahoo serious film. Thank you. Anyway, so there you go. So that's some other yeah, Australian yeah. folks. Uh, we've got people coming from... I already met with well, there's already a guy who's in town today that I met for this. We've got people coming from Seattle. We've got people coming from Arizona. So, um, that brings it, and speaking of people who are going to be coming to the party, so that brings me to the issue of Richie and his, so I got this today from Richie, his guest list, so, you know, there's not a lot of, like, reserved seating, there's, there's not much at all, I mean, there's really just a handful of reserved seats, because the Crystal's kind of a big, wide-open place, and plus, you don't want to be one of those, like, you don't want to be that show where it's like every single person and their brother uh, gets in and they get some plush seats, and then, like, you know, and then, like, the actual listeners are, like, you know, having to fight for it, so we just told... 
to the chagrin of the salespeople, who I swear, the salespeople walked into Susan's office yesterday with a guest list. I, I mean, it was like a scroll. I, I only put like four people on the guest <laughs> list. It was, I mean, it was like to the floor. It's like, I, uh, Susan, if we can just get uh, some VIP accommodations for the following 725 people. And so they were told, here's, but here's from Richie. Richie sends, sends this. Hey, uh, I know there was a situation with too many VIPs, so I narrowed mine down as much as possible. So, Sarah, you have four. Uh, I don't think, Tim or I have any. I have no problem. I don't think we have any. Um, so, there's a total of four. Richie has stripped his VIP list down to the bone. How many people do you suppose are still on it? Seven. Fifteen. What? Fifteen. <laughs> oh, wishful thinking, Buttercup. <laughs> I, told I don't him. think so. No. Um, but, and so, but it, here's one of them, though. I won't give the guy's last name, but, he, you know, it's like, uh, you know, there's so-and-so plus, you know, two, so-and-so plus one, so-and-so plus one. And then there's this guy, Ron. Ron plus eight hot girls. That's a no from me, Richie Bristol. Seriously, oh. I mean, and this but is Richie, the, and also you have to think like this isn't just like you're going and getting. Oh, I almost swore. I you can do that. plenty of that. Tonight. You're gonna go get you know hammered. You this is like you work in there. This is buddy. a work in that, my friend. And so here's the, and the, so I told him I'm like you know it's not it's not a ticketed event. There are no tickets. <laughs> you know you just have to show up. So you know tell your uh, tell your tell your chicks to come stand in the. I mean, seriously, Richie, just tell them to come to come stand. Come stand and then get in line. So the Crystal's a big place, man. It's not like it, it's you know it's not like it only holds 50 people. All right, yes, let's please see come here. and make it look full. <laughs> All right, no, I mean it's a, we chose it intentionally because also during the roast there's going to be seating. Uh, yeah. And you know when you put seating, it kind of reduces the number of people who can sort of be in it. So during the roast, it'll be seated. So it all happens as uh, as the band-aids say. It's all happening uh, tonight. Uh, we are eight and a half hours away. Eight and a half hours away from Rick Emerson Listener Party 11 tonight, 8 p.m. The Crystal Ballroom, uh, featuring the Rick Emerson roast, Roastmaster Carl Click, a short film from Tim Riley receiving its world premiere, Nickel Arcade, Emerson Starship, uh, the whole cast and crew of the Rick Emerson Show. It is all happening tonight. No ticket, no cover, no charge, no dress code, no nothing. Grab have your ID uh, and be there. I think that that's probably all we're going to try to cram in uh, here at the top. Let's see. I've got the, I don't know, I've got other people emailing, uh, asking about uh, the roast and who's going to be roasting first. All will be revealed. So, uh, so just to wait on that. All right, let's do this. We'll come back around the corner. We will talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, Bob Costantini coming up later on. Uh, we'll also have the top five and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. We are now... Uh, I get no time. Eight minutes and 27 seconds. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I was up till 2.30 in the morning watching Tim film. Up, I remember things that we talk about four minutes before. Hi there. <laughs> it's eight hours and 27... Yes, right? Is that right? Eight hours and 27 minutes? Oh, God. God, Rick. All right. My brain is just mush. My brain yes. is just turned to jello. But actually, people should be there in seven hours and 26 minutes. Doors at seven. That's the other thing we should point about tonight. We are eight hours and 27 minutes away from Rick Emerson. Listener Party 11. Emerson's 11. Uh, doors at seven. Show at eight. But here's the thing. Don't wait till eight to get there. Don't. I wouldn't even wait, really, until much past seven to get there. Because it's... I mean, the Crystal's a big place. Uh, 
uh, there's gonna be a big crowd. So. And it's really neat to see like the videos and stuff after we post them after the party on YouTube. But this, there's something different than the energy and like getting to see it on a big screen and getting to see like all this work that we put into it for you guys. I mean, it's, that is the it's other awesome. thing. This uh, this intro video uh, that we have gotten put together uh, for the I mean that opens the whole thing up is just gonna be. There's gonna be a whole series. There's gonna be uh, several videos that play throughout the night. Several kind of short films. Uh, you know, there's there's one that's gonna play halfway through or you know 20 minutes in or something. There's Tim who's got uh, you know the world premiere of his short film, which is great. Uh, and then there's going to be one that plays right at the top uh, at 8 p.m. to kick everything off that you don't want to miss. And if you've been to, uh, if you were at uh, uh, last year, if you were at Emerson History X, uh, we had that great intro video that was just a compilation of, am I talking really quickly today? Yes. You're kind of freaking me out. I got nervous energy, Sarah. All right. You know what you don't know about, though? There's, no. uh, there's a special surprise for you. That's going to be happening tonight. That's all I'm saying. It is so goddamn hilarious. Is this a, a thing, or is it a, a physical object, or is it perhaps a, it might a be, happening? Perhaps it might be a thing that you might be receiving at some point in more ways than one. I like what I'm hearing. All right. Uh, it's going to be hilarious. I, 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 just, I, I wish I could go into it, but I can't really talk about it on the air. And I don't really? want to ruin it for you. It's... Is it a thing that's not not for polite company? It's not for polite company, but it's something that will be there that you um, may, in fact, be presented with at some point. Okay. Is this this come out of one of those? Never mind. I was gonna ask if it came out of one of those plastic tubs full of porn in the back. You know, I'm not gonna. You ask, really want to know the answer to that? I don't I'm think you do. I'm not gonna ask anymore. Yeah. All right. Uh, so at eight o'clock, uh, everything is gonna be kicked off uh, with this sort of uh, intro video uh, that we filmed that is fantastic. Uh, so do not wait until much after seven o'clock uh, to get there. Before we do anything else, we got Steve Castamon ah. coming up here in a few. I'm Steve Castamon will be uh, he will be joining us. Now, welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, our intrepid PA, Richie Bristol. Hello, sir. How are you today? Hello. Hey. All right. So, now, please, Richie, what's going on, dude? Please to tell, first is of all. Is that why you were giving us, like, that buttering up card yesterday? Is this why you oh, gave us the card about loving work on the show so we'll let, like, get, like eight girls in that you're hoping will uh, will bang you by the end of the night? No. <laughs> You, you know, whenever you say something like that, I know that that is, in fact, the reason. Well, no, I, that wasn't why I did the card, but yes, I want to... <laughs> the A-woman, never mind. Yes? Oh. What? No? Finish the Richie, thought. Richie, what's going on? Oh, I was saying no to... The card was... All right, the card Okay, well, then what's, what's, the, what's up with legitimate? the 15 people on so the So what is, what is this with the so-and-so plus, like, eight Is this like you out-drunkenly meeting people being like, yeah, baby, I can get you on Totally. Is that what it is? <laughs> I work on a radio show. We're having a little party. How would you like to be a VIP? Uh, sure. Yeah, all right. One might get lucky. All right, would you like to... Or two, if I'm really lucky. <laughs> Please don't ever talk about that again. Uh, what happened to your do-rag, too? You're uh, just I just used it to soak the sweat. It's hot. <laughs> Man, we're going to be in tux. It's the hottest day of the year. It's the hottest day of the year so far tomorrow. The good news is tomorrow's going to be even hotter, though. So, relatively speaking, tonight is going to be all kinds of balmy. Uh, so, there is, uh, there, is no, there is no dress code, by the way. So, people have been asking us... Uh, about, uh, you know, whether to dress up, dress down, uh, whether that's, uh, you know, a thing that you need to dress a certain way for. Uh, but uh, that is not the case. You can come however you want. Uh, so we on stage are going to be, uh, we'll be gussied up uh, a little bit. Uh, but beyond that, beyond that, yeah, there's no real, uh, there's no real uh, dress code or no requirement for whatever. So who are the, si the six or eight girls or whoever, whoever this is? Are these girls that you've known before tonight? Uh, no, but I saw their MySpace. <laughs> are you kidding me? What? <laughs> Uh, it's a friend of mine. 
So are these girls that you met on MySpace? I met maybe two of them, and then the other ones I get I just got pointed to because I had to make sure that they were hot enough for his for my guest list. So if they're hot enough, if they're for hot my enough guest for your list. guest list, yeah. And you know what? My friend sends no, me a link. No, no, tell me. Sends me a link, and one of them is my ex girlfriend. And I said, nope. So <laughs> wait, so let's back up. When you say you met these girls, are you? Did you just like? Plow? Did you like put out like a, a MySpace bulletin or something? How like? did you come to meet these girls on MySpace? Well, no, uh, my friend has a couple of girls I met when he was at the bar. Okay. And then he said, well, these are the other ones. I, w- I wanted to make sure they were hot enough to be on the guest Wait, list. Wait, so these aren't girls you know. This is a friend of yours who has some chicks that he knows that think that he thinks might, like, put out. Oh, yeah, he's pretty sure about it. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> is this why you got your eyebrows waxed? Yes. And okay. your nails polished? And your no. nails polished? Did you, your go, nails did you get your nails done? Nails. Did yes, you get your nails done? I got my nails did. Your nails done, and did, did you get anything else and taken? And he said he got waxed. Did you get anything else taken care of? I uh, used the special downstairs razor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> why, why do you say these things? And I had to re-oil it because it's been a while. The razor. The razor. You know, it's a... <laughs> <laughs> it's a what? It goes... Like Timmy's. Kind of Tim, Tim Riley's. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Thank you, Richie. Jesus, God. From CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. Hey, how you doing? What a great note to enter the show on. Jesus, I'm so sorry about that. I didn't really anticipate that. I didn't see that coming today. How are you, sir? How's life? How are things? Pretty good. I I like the way he calls it the downstairs razor. The downstairs razor. And that he, I had to oil it up. It's been a while, Rick. You should see Richard. It's like he's positively, you know, like and you see those, like those Lichtenstein artworks of the stuff from the fifties where the guy goes, he smiles, and there's the little ding, like the tooth gleam. There's <laughs> yeah. Whole sections of Richie's body today that actually have that gleam. His eyebrows are all waxed, nails are all buffed. He's apparently <laughs> shaven and cleaned up in many, many different sections of his anatomy today. It's all very awkward. So. And the purpose. And the purpose for this. Uh, we're having a listener event tonight. Uh, oh. We are having a we are having a listener party tonight. And Richie, uh, how much of that last call you heard? But so Richie knows some guy. Ever long story short, I kind of told the story already. But, but you know, we have everybody has like a couple VIP slots. Like if you know the friends, you know the, the you know of the show or people who have helped us out with something, right. uh, that'll be kind of on the list. And so. But we're trying to keep the list really small because this is, as corny as it sounds, this is for the people. This is for the audience. It's for the listeners. It's not, it's not for us. It's for the listeners. And so, you know, we're trying to keep the VIP list really, really tiny so that everybody else can, you know, can come right in. And so, Rich, you know, Sarah has, like, four. I have none. Tim Riley has none. Richie comes in with 15, the, va- the bulk of which are girls that he has never met in person that he just found by trolling MySpace, looking for slutty-type women that he thinks might put out by the end of the evening. And that's what necessitated, quote, the downstairs razoring. So so he plans on revealing himself a lot. I suppose. I mean, I guess it's like that thing where, you know, when women know to wear matching bra and underwear or something because, you know, they suspect that it might get seen at some point during the evening. It's all very horrifying. All right. Do you, do you suppose that this is what his parents uh, envisioned his life would amount to? I don't know. You know, it, I, I have often wanted to get members of Richie's family on the show to sort of ask them, like, his what? brother's super cool. <laughs> His brother's, but but said like, what do you what do you think about what's become of your boy? You know, just to sort of you, what your son has grown into. Is it on a scale of one to ten? How massive is the disappointment? All right. Well, I tune in for that. Seriously. Well, I'm going to put it down. Well, we've already had a shrink come on to analyze him, so that could be next. Well, let me make a note to myself. Richie's parents. Um, well, speaking of Richie's parents, so 
speaking of what do your parents think of what's become of you, so let's talk about this, um, the Elliot Spitzer thing. So this is this is not like the the girl, the hooker that got that got um, that pled guilty. This is like the madam or the woman who ran the call girl. What? Tell, what, tell me what matter. She's, she's actually the hooker booker, as they're calling her. The hooker booker. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the woman who worked for the agency, the Emperor's Club, and she would make all the arrangements when a, when a client would call up. Uh, she'd uh, make the schedule the appointment with the high-priced call girl, and she'd send them out uh, all across the country. She actually arranged for the infamous rendezvous between New York Governor Elliot Spitzer and uh, Christine, a.k.a. Daphne, uh, her last name is Daphne. She's uh, now I'm forgetting. Ashley, Ashley. Ashley Daphne, there we go. Uh, yeah, and arranged for them to meet in D.C. And so she pled guilty to promoting prostitution and money laundering, but it's not clear what she's going to be sentenced to, and it's also not clear whether she's cooperating with the federal investigation, in other words, providing evidence against other people, namely uh, Elliot Spitzer. Is she providing evidence against him? We don't know if he's going to be charged with anything. It's sort of, have, sort of fallen off the radar here. You know, it was, it, well, it was just that you said you couldn't come up with her name, and we also couldn't come up with her name because we've already – you know what that girl is, Ashley Dupree or whatever, the, the hooker from this case? The, that girl is like a file that you have dragged into the recycle bin in your windows, but you haven't quite deleted it, and every now and again you realize you need to open the recycle bin and restore it to the desktop because you need it one more time. Do you know what I that's mean? A, that's, a good, that's a good point. That's a good way of putting it. I mean, I think the true test of whether or not the story uh, has, has blown over is when her MySpace page is no longer corrupted and people aren't going there all the time, and she's actually able to access it. Right. Yes. Uh, um, so, uh, I don't know. I, it's like the office space thing. Of, you know, It's almost like when when somebody gets busted for money laundering or something, aren't you almost kind of like, like you know, good job, well done? Because I wouldn't even know how to, be, to begin to do it. I would have no idea. If you put a gun to my head right now and said that I had to launder some money, I would have no notion how to do this. None. Zero. If she was telling them how to make payment to a shell company so it wouldn't look like it was going towards this. Is essentially what she was doing. I mean, that's almost kind of, it's almost sort of admirable in a strange way. Like that's one of those lessons they don't teach you at the, at the Harvard Business School or whatever. Yeah, you're right. They definitely don't teach her at the Wharton Business School. No, no, they definitely. And that's and she's another woman, the woman who is the hooker booker who then launders all the money. Here's what lies ahead for her in the future, because this is always the way it goes. It happened with uh, Xaviander uh, Hollander, who was the happy hooker, and with Sidney Barrows, who was the Mayflower madam. Uh, it is. It's never the guy who gets busted with the hooker, and it's never the hooker herself. It is always one of the middle people uh, that ends up writing some book and then being some kind of edgy keynote speaker at Harvard. <laughs> You make a note to myself that you say you buy stock in that woman right now. That's always what happened because then some university will put themselves on the map uh, by having a bit of an unconventional speaker come address their business class. I don't know about Harvard. Maybe the DeVry Business School. Maybe <laughs> the the uh, the uh, the uh, the clothes cover before striking uh, School of Art and Legal. <laughs> yeah. All right, my friend. Uh, are you on tomorrow? I will be looking forward to the end of the week. Ugh, okay, well, if we sound a little um, ragged tomorrow, if we do not sound as though we are on full voice, just uh, don't be surprised. We're going to be playing through the pain a little bit tomorrow. Oh, well, I, I look forward to hearing the tales, and I look forward to uh, eventually, I hope Sarah is bringing her camera to seeing pictures. Uh, we actually going to yes, have we're going to have photographers and we're going to have some photographers on site actually. Uh, and everyone brings their cameras too, so we'll have lots of random pictures. Cool. Yeah, yeah, there's going to be like nine million awkward cell phone pictures of people guzzling drinks and being groped. I'm sure. Will Muppet be attending the party? No, but Muppet's here today. 
Really? Moppet's here today. You can, out in the studio. And you can always tell when Sarah is getting ready to go out uh, for the evening or she's going to be gone all night or something because Moppet comes to the studio to preemptively assuage Sarah's pet abandonment guilt. Ah, I see. And he's a good <laughs> okay. boy. The way that it works. All right, my friend, we will have a have speaks with you very soon. Thank you, sir. Okay, take care. There you go. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Castabell. I do have a friend gentlemen. who will be letting right. him out later. Really? Unless we're not going to the... Gosh, do you know how drunk everybody's going to be? Because we're yes. all getting there at like six. Oh, you mean oh, you mean you and you? I thought you meant the audience. Well, everybody. You mean everybody? But I mean, backstage. just no. I'm talking about the roasters too, oh, like because yeah. we're all going to be back there. We're going to have two hours to kill with nothing to do. Everyone, but be nervous. Yeah, so everyone's going to start you know pounding beer, and before you know it, it's going to be eight thirty, and everyone's going to be like, let me tell you. I've never seen. You know, there's a lot of people uh, that I've never seen intoxicated, uh, i.e. Peter Carlin. I don't think I've ever seen Storm drunk either. I don't even know if Storm drinks. She does. Does she? Mm-hmm. Does she drink a lot? No, she can she can hold her own. I went um when I went over to her and Davies for dinner a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I, we we lot of red nailed wine. out a, a couple bottles of wine. Yeah. Now I've never seen Peter Carlin intoxicated, but I know that he does drink. Oh, so Storm, I'm Storm's a classy it. bitch, you know. She she can hold her own. <laughs> you can tell she's, she's a classy fine. bitch because it ended with the word bitch. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. 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 I've got a random possible suggestion for the night. Um, yes, sir. When my friends and I go out. Disc golfing, we make mixed Viso drinks, gin and the lemon. Yes, sir. Whatnot. Is there a way that you could get the the crystal to the to then put that on the menu tonight? Well, I know that there's going to be Viso's going to be there, right? The Viso right. will be there. I saw. I can't say for sure, but something like 70 cases of Viso uh, that was sort of being ordered or being delivered or something. So, And Viso, of course, is one of the proud presenting sponsors, along with Powell's uh, Books at Cedar Hills Crossing. So I know that in addition to, you know, they have the full bar, all the, you know, the alcohol and beverages and whatever, uh, I know there's going to be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bottles of Viso there. Uh, so I don't know that it's going to be on the menu as such, but all the fixins you would need, all of the components of a Viso-based uh, beverage will be there for you, sir. You'll be able to create your own. You will. You will be able to, mi- you'll be able to mix your own. They, they will have the alcohol. They'll have the Viso. Uh, all that is left is the addition of your creativity, sir. That sounds great. All right, my friend. We'll see you tonight. All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Let's uh, welcome now to the – we're now eight hours and 12 minutes away uh, from Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Let's now welcome to the <laughs> – Correspondent. All right, thank you, Bob. Uh, so here is uh, what we're talking about today. Um, so here's the thing. I don't understand the deal with the super delegates and uh, uh, and 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 Edwards and releasing them and uh, how he tells them who to vote for. Because there was that whole thing about the delegates. Weren't they asking somebody at one point? Weren't the delegates asking John Edwards, like, hey, uh, I want you to get... Were they asking to be released? Well, um, it's only natural that if you get out of the race, especially in January, that your delegates might uh, ask to be released and and be able to vote their consciences. And actually, in the end, uh, this uh, this is what John Edwards has done, uh, he had 19 delegates, pledged delegates, uh, that would have gone into the convention expecting to vote for him, uh, but uh, that's all he was able to garner in his uh, short-lived uh, run for the presidency this year. So he decided to, um, you know, uh, what, what he does is if he decides to, to back Barack Obama, then he, he is in tacitly suggesting that his delegates support Obama, but he, it's no requirement. Frankly, they're free to... Uh, Decide uh, what they will now. So what is the deal? So when so when John Edwards does something like this, I mean, 
there is the, I suppose, uh, idealistic and purist view that he is doing it because he believes Barack Obama to be the best candidate and to be the man who can lead the country and whatever. Um, but is there some sort of, I mean, is it like a tacit angling for some sort of like, uh, like high-level uh, 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 position or something? Well, uh, one would suspect that uh, uh, if there is an Obama presidency, that John Edwards, uh, and frankly, if had there been a uh, Hillary Clinton presidency, I suppose John Edwards might be considered uh, for the attorney general position. Um, he is, um, you know, uh, the kind of person who might angle for that job, um, the kind of person with the background for it, um, a, a civil rights background, that kind of thing. Um, but the interesting thing, you talk about, uh, you know, motives and what have you. Uh, there are some of the uh, aides to Barack Obama who've been telling CNN that basically Edwards decided to come forward after Hillary Clinton's uh, very big win in West Virginia on Tuesday because there was this concern and remains this concern about Barack Obama not being able to win over white working-class voters. These are some people who... Uh, in earlier primaries, also supported uh, John Edwards, the working class of blue-collar types. And uh, this was Edwards apparently just saying, uh, let me see if I can help out a little bit with that uh, block of voters uh, from which, uh, you know, Obama has been struggling. All right, and so here's and my other question as we kind of get ready to wrap this up is, so he was he made the speech in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which then, uh, as a guy who tries to make trouble, I'm now legally required to ask, so where are we with Hillary demanding that the Michigan and Florida votes be counted? Well, uh, we, we should find out May 31st. Um, that is when uh, the Rules Committee of the Democratic National Committee is supposed to meet and finally decide what they're going to do how they're going to split the uh, the baby, if you will, um, to uh, get some kind of delegations uh, seated for uh, you know Florida and Michigan. Frankly, you know, to absolutely exclude them from the convention is pretty much not an option for the Democrats because the last thing you want to do is anger voters in Florida or Michigan if you want to try to win those uh, those two very key states. Let me just know, by the way... It'll have to be done. And let me just know, the last thing you want to do is anger people in Florida, like, period. Uh, because they're all crazy, and they all seem to have a disproportionate amount of guns at their personal yeah. disposal. And I think you know what I'm talking about, Bob. All right, my so, friend. Are you, uh, are you on the clock tomorrow? I will be on the clock tomorrow, and there is, uh, of course, uh, a lot of excitement about what's going to happen in Oregon as well. Uh, it's, it's your turn, finally, uh and uh, having some meaning as well. All right. Thank you, my friend. I've got by I don't, I don't if, if I had time, I would talk to you about this business of a ballot that I held in my hand that one of our employees filled out and then at one point he reconsidered one of his votes and I swear to you, he went back with a big bottle of whiteout and started altering the ballot. So there you go. The well-informed electorate. All right. CNN radio correspondent Bob Gaston. Thank you. You're nuts. All right. I can be, it's just weird. It's, it's always weird. Listener party day is always weird. We're all crazy. There's all kinds of nuttiness in the air. All right. Uh, it's 503-733. Well, the thing about the mail-in ballot, he was just talking about that. The mail-in ballot, I mean, I guess it's great, and it's, you know, and it's all, it's, it's, we're forward-thinking, we're progressive, and so forth, but it just does, robs the whole thing of, I mean, I guess we get to go over the ballot with Dave's in anyway, but it robs the whole thing of any kind of excitement. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program, sir, madam, as the case may be, as we are now eight hours and seven minutes away from listener party 11. Hello. Hey, Rick. Uh, 
Edwards to just the John Edwards campaign headquarters? Yes, yes, it is. I know Bob did seem to just sort of go on and on about it. What's up? Yeah, well, I have an observation. Well, no, I don't really. Uh, so the party for me started a little while ago. I'm on my way down from Seattle, and Sarah Michael the Stripper will not be attending because he has a job interview, so we have to wish him good luck. Oh, okay. That's too so, bad because he usually makes it to um, – he's been to – my majority of them. I, Maybe we'll I, I offered to pick him up. I offered to drag him down. I, I tried everything I could to get him to come with me. And he's, he's like, he's got a job interview and he can't come down. So we'll, anyway, have, uh, we'll have somebody else strip for you. I'm in the car and I'll see you guys in a while. Woo-hoo. All right, my friend. Awesome. We'll see you then. Thank you. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, we get back. More calls. Stay there. Tim Riley around the corner. Uh, coming up later on. Well, I guess Jim Roof won't be joining us today. We do have the top five, though. Top five 80s metal bands who had one massive hit and then vanished forever. Stay there. We are now eight hours and six minutes away from Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Still to come today, the top five. More from Richie Bristol. We are now eight hours away from Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Eight hours away from Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. This, ladies and gentlemen, is your personal savior. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970's Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Oh, it's going to get hot, hot, hot. The heat wave is rolling in. I just went outside. It doesn't seem to be too bad now. Meanwhile, what the killing's going on? A Portland police officer shot and killed a man who the cops say was the target of an FBI search warrant today. The shot was fired while the FBI and Portland police were serving a search warrant at 12600. This is a block of uh, Southeast Holgate around 6 o'clock this morning. Police were greeted at the door by a man with a handgun. And uh, apparently, that's when they showed up. The officer opened fire and shot the guy. He had it coming to him. Uh, This is the second police-involved shooting in Portland this week. Late Tuesday night, officers shot and killed a murder suspect, who they said threatened him with a gun. Police later revealed that the officer in Tuesday's shooting is Scott McCollister, the officer involved in that, that controversial Kendra Jones shooting. Then police were searching for a man who invaded at least two homes as he ran from transit officers when they tried to arrest him for dealing drugs at the Max station at uh, Northeast 82nd and 94 last night. Apparently they chased him away around 6.30, so they're starting earlier and earlier. When they approached the suspect, he ran into a nearby house and hid until the homeowner came home and ran outside to find down a patrol car. When the officer entered, they found the man had run off and a canine was called in, and he was able to uh, track him down to another house where an elderly woman lived. Ben Cert was called in due to a potential hostage situation, and they got no response from inside the house. But the woman was eventually able to escape safely. Somehow the guy slipped away again, and at last report officers uh, called off the search in about four hours. So he's still running around trying to break into houses and selling drugs. So it continues to be the best neighborhood ever. Yes. All right, fantastic. So, uh, apparently, if uh, you want to meet the greatest people in the world, go to the Mac Stop at Northeast 82nd and I-84. <laughs> it's sort of a one-stop shopping. It's a human mall is what it is, Tim Riley. 
Man, if uh, police aren't busy enough, and this, you notice as the weather gets hotter, people get out of order, like they're living in Texas or Florida. So we can expect some Florida-like cramps in the next couple of days. Here's another one. The remaining homeless protesters camped out in front of City Hall were cleared away this morning, whether they wanted to leave or not. The protest has continued on staff for about three weeks, and it smells terrible, so enough's enough. Uh, and they were told if they weren't gone by this morning, uh, police were coming in, and they did. The protesters uh, had to move on because it was time to clean the sidewalk. At least one protester was arrested. There was a lot of yelling, no major scuffles. All the remaining protesters left the area and simply moved across the street. So stay away from there. Well, and you know, and the thing about it is, God, this is what the hottest day of the year so far. God yeah. only knows what that sidewalk would smell like today and or tomorrow. Because I'm looking ahead. Today, 88. Tomorrow, 95. Saturday, 92. Sunday, 90. And it drops down to uh, 80 degrees Monday. To a balmy 80 degrees. Not back into the 70s, at least till Tuesday. All right. So tonight will be warm. Tomorrow is going to be hot. Yeah, though. warm. Tomorrow is going to be better. Great night to drink a lot. All right. <laughs> try, try to dehydrate. all out tomorrow de- for the bike ride. Dehydrate yourself as much as is humanly possible. See, I don't have to worry. I don't drink. No. That's not my problem. You only drink via the blood of your enemies. Well, how would you like this to happen to you? You go on vacation, your house burns down. Firefighters spent several hours clearing the scene of a house fire in North Portland early this morning. The homeowners are away on vacation. They're also trying to pinpoint the cause of the fire. Broke out about 1 o'clock this morning near North Fortune Avenue in North Hopton. A uh, neighbor and her son lived in the house. They were on vacation in Reno. I called to tell her the news said a neighbor. No reaction yet. Nobody was hurt. But a dog and two cats are still accounted for. A neighbor took in two more dogs who made it out of the house safely. So, oh, guess what? Chasing Hillary... Hillary's going to hold down a town hall at KGW tomorrow night. She'll be at the uh, KGW studios for live town hall meeting like that. Does, does any good at this point? Wait, so she'll be. Wait, so Bill was here. Chelsea was here. Hillary will be here what, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Wait, did Chelsea already go to the lesbian bar? I believe that was. Wait, last was that last weekend? I think that was. Last did that weekend. even happen, or was that like one of those things that? I'm not sure because I don't know any lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen to hip hop, um, so. All if right. we have any lesbian listeners, they might know. Well, there's, there's so much happening. <laughs> there's too many things. All right. So let me just take this one at a time. A, uh, Southeast Portland may be relatively uh, relatively free of crime tonight, though, because probably the vast majority of the people who live in Southeast will be at the listener party tonight, yes. which means there will be uh, there will be no one to mug or assault in my neighborhood. Uh, B, Hillary Clinton is going to be at KGW for a town hall meeting. Now, is that a town hall meeting like Peter Jennings did, where it's like, uh, her on a stage, and there's a bunch of like carefully uh, handpicked people in the crowd, sort of asking her things. More than likely. Well, that's the way TV works. Do Nothing we, spontaneous. Do we know what time tomorrow? Uh, no, we don't. But it'll be on at night, I would imagine. All right. Uh, so seven, here we go. It begins at seven. Uh, KGW will carry the event live on television, and it'll also be streamed live. All right. So I, so I, if it's at seven, I would actually have time to go down and linger around the stage door like some sort of Patrick Fugit wannabe. So do they sell her time? I wonder. Uh, I don't know. I think she probably just demands it. And they know that if you cross her, you're around at 7 o'clock on KGW, some game show. <laughs> probably. You say no to Hillary, your head ends up in a bag somewhere. Uh, thirdly, uh, if you are a lesbianic person, uh, we're, uh, we're trying to find out if Chelsea went to a lesbian bar mm-hmm. uh, over the past uh, weekend. So if you are privy to that information, uh, give, us the, uh, give us the scoop. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. This is Todd. I wanted to say... Uh... Hi to you from the happy town of Las Vegas. How's life in Las Vegas, sir? Uh, it's doing great. It's about almost 90 down here, and I just heard from your news report that it's going to be 90 there, and I wish I was on the river with my boat. Excellent. Now, do you live in Las Vegas or are you vacationing? 
No, no, just down here working. I was going to try to make it to your listener party, but we got done last night, and they told me I need to stay down here until Sunday. What kind of work do you do in Las Vegas? Please tell me it's something where you have to be on a roof swinging a hammer all day. Oh, no, no, no. We're, uh, we put merchandise in the truck stop, so we were out by the Las Vegas Race uh, Speedway there putting uh, merchandise in the truck stop, and then we got to go to Kingman, Arizona next week. Oh, dude, so it's like a whole tour. It's like you're going from the eighth level of hell to the ninth level of hell. You know, like into the center and then back. So the good news is by the time you get back here, it'll be down to about 80 degrees. But it's like grading on a curve because after having been in Vegas uh, and then Arizona, uh, it's going to feel like you're coming back to the Antarctic. Yes, yes. But I want to let you know, we did go to the all bunch of us last night went to uh, in and out and I had the 4 by 4 Oh, God bless you. Thank you, sir. You're a good person. All right, my, uh, are you gonna, uh, what are you going to be doing this evening? What will you be doing at around 8 o'clock tonight? Uh, I will probably be running around on the strip uh, having a few alcoholic beverages. Excellent. All right, my friend. Well, uh, always bet on black and uh, hoist one for us in the city of sin, my friend. All right. Talk later, Rick. Thank you, sir. There you go. All right. That's Todd, who is uh, out on the road in Las Vegas, who will be here in spirit tonight. Uh, we've got people coming from Phoenix, Arizona. We've got people coming from Tucson, Arizona. Uh, I think we have at least one person coming from Salt Lake City. Uh, we have people coming from Seattle. Uh, so it's all... Uh, it's all happening. All kinds of merriment. Uh, and then we have some sort of satellite uh, parties happening in Australia as well. This is Tim Riley. So getting back to Hillary again. Uh, she says she has a plan to uh, lower the price of gas. Uh, she can save butter is 18.5 entire cents. Like, that's going to help at this point. Thanks, Hillary. I have advocated a gas tax holiday that is paid for. That is not what Senator McCain wants. He wants one that's not paid for, and Senator Obama doesn't want one at all. But I would pay for it out of the record profits of the oil companies. Well, good luck. Uh, one of the major reasons for oil prices are energy traders and speculators. I think they are adding to the cost of a barrel of oil. I believe there's significant evidence of that. So I would launch a Department of Justice Federal Trade Commission investigation and really try to rein them in and close what's called the Enron loophole. Hillary's so great. Enron. What does this have to do? <laughs> well, you know what I was just going to say. Is there any group to which she can't pander? She really is the Enron. she is the pander bot. Uh, I mean, you put her in West Virginia, suddenly she starts talking like this to people like you. I know what it is to climb up a dirt road <laughs> to the top of a mountain. <laughs> I know what it's like to be covered in sores and filled with lice, um, or whatever. Uh, you know, and then Ew. you put her in Kansas, and you go, I don't feel no West tired to blah blah. Uh, and then you put her, uh, you know, in San Francisco, and suddenly she talks like this, and she goes out to have a biscotti. And now she's, but of course, that she knows uh, that you a say you're going to lower the price of gas, but it's only eighteen cents. <laughs> but it's not, but it's not, it's, but nothing's going to help, Tim. Nothing will help, but it doesn't matter. For political purposes, that may be true, but it's unimportant because what happens is she gets to have the phrase lower the price of gas. She uh, has that, uh, and then she gets to villainize uh, or whatever a word like that oil companies. And then she throws in the word Enron, and I don't even think Enron exists anymore. What does the Enron have to do with it? <laughs> Nothing. Hey, she doesn't... Uh, no, go ahead. No, uh, I mean, the, main, the main problem that's not being addressed by any of these people is the fact that the red Chinese are using a big chunk of the oil that they didn't used to use. So, it's supply and demand. The Chinese want it. The prices go up. There's not that much oil. The prices will never go down, ever. It's ever. true. It's true. The Chinese have, need all this oil for their industry that we all moved over there. Now, see, as we moved all our old oil-guzzling industry over there, why are we still using so much oil? I will say this, actually. Uh, I know that there are things uh, w things um, 
on which people disagree with Dennis Miller, but Dennis Miller actually made a really salient point this morning. I don't know if he was intending to play it just for comedy, uh, but in, in a strange sort of way, it did make sense. It made some weird sort of... I must have missed that. Zen, some sort of zen kind of sense, where... Because I think he drives an SUV, and somebody and called up... Santa Barbara like that. <laughs> somebody called... He drives, a, he drives an SUV through Santa Barbara and does his show in his slippers from his house. <laughs> he, does, did you, he does his show in his bathrobe. Yeah. Did you know that? But yeah. I thought, I thought you were kidding there. No. He, he does his show in his bathrobe. In Santa Barbara. In his kitchen. He goes downstairs and does the show in his... Which is Who's great. This? Dennis Miller. Art Bell does the show in his basement. Dennis Miller does the show in a bathrobe in his kitchen and then goes and drives his SUV through Santa Barbara, which is fantastic. It is. Um, what was my point? Um, I don't remember. Uh, well, he, uh, Dennis Miller said something that... Uh, oh, anyway, uh, so, but somebody said, well, you know, you drive an SUV. Like, what, what's up with that? How can you be talking about you know, the, the price of oil and the whatever uh, and drive an SUV? And he said something that I think was supposed to be a gag. He said... He said, well, you know, the thing is, I figured that the faster I use the gas, the faster we'll run out of oil and then we'll have to do something else. So he said, I think, he said, I like to think I'm actually helping to solve the energy crisis by using up all the oil. And you know what? That actually makes a weird kind of sense. It does. And I don't, I'm not a big fan of the Dennis Miller. And that totally makes sense. But really? I mean, that's, that's what it's going to take. Yep. Uh, I mean, nothing is going to change. Until we finally just uh, get off the junk, as yeah. they say. Well, I'm driving my Volvo today, and that's not really economical. But on gas. Hillary's going to save you 18 cents, though, Tim. 18 whole cents. 18 cents. And here's the other thing. And let me just be clear about something. I understand the price of gas is going up, and it's like four bucks, and that blows. And, and uh, I know that for people who do, uh, like, long-haul trucking and for businesses that have an aggregate number of, like, dozens and dozens of trucks to go out, I understand that. Um that it costs a lot of money. That being said, when he, Hillary Clinton not saving us 18 cents, that is just as ridiculous, though, as the people go, well, because gas prices have gone up, I can no longer afford to take my family on vacation. If the gas price has gone up, like, 18 cents, that's costing you, like, $7 more to fill your car. I mean, really, honestly. So if you're going on vacation, you got to fill your car a couple times, that is a grand total of about $29. If $29 is the make-or-break dollar amount between you and not being able to... You can't afford to vacation. Stay home and read a book. So, here's Tim Riley. Well, I spent a good part of my evening last night trying to follow up on a CNN headline that says, Hillary Clinton chokes up speaking with Wolf Blitzer. I looked through hours and hours of video. It never happened. <laughs> so she's talking on CNN last night. And actually, I think she's beginning to realize that something is going very wrong with her campaign. She said, quote, it would be a grave error for her supporters to vote for Republican John McCain if she doesn't win the Democratic nomination. In an interview, she said it would be a terrible mistake for Democrats to cross over to the GOP if Barack Obama ends up on the Democratic ticket. Anybody who has ever voted for me or voted for Barack has much more in common in terms of what we want to see happen in our country and in the world with the other than they do with John McCain. Okay. Is there starting to be a little crack here? Well, I mean, I think she, you know, I mean, I think she knows. I mean, she's, uh, the thing about the Clintons is they are this weird um, hybrid of uh, sort of realistic and absolutely delusional. Because they're such political realists, and that's what makes them such savvy politicians, is that they really do, they know how to work the system, uh, they know the levers to pull, uh, they know, you know, the, the wheels to grease and all of that. Uh, but that is married to this sort of, like, absolute sense of, 
like they have that reality distortion field around them uh, where they just they you know they're completely oblivious to the fact that she's hosed. So she's just, and right now just kind of playing for the VP slot, I would imagine. Uh, she says Democrats should vote in November for the Democratic candidate, whoever it is. That both his supporters and my supporters might stay home or not vote for the other. And I just have to say as strongly as I can, Billy, that that would be a terrible mistake. To whom is she speaking? Bill Clinton? I'm, I'm not sure. Billy? Billy. Is she speaking to a five-year-old? Billy, let me tell you a few things about politics. Speaking to her pet goat. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, she says she will support whoever the Democratic presidential candidate is. I'm going to do everything I can uh, to make sure that anyone who supported me, the 17 million people who have voted for me, understand what a grave error it would be not to vote for Senator McCain, uh, Senator Obama and against Senator oh. McCain. Was that a phrase? Wait, what? Did she say that again? Can you say that again? Let's play that one again. I'm going to do everything I can uh, to make sure that anyone who supported me, the 17 million people who have voted for me, understand what a grave error it would be not to vote for Senator McCain, uh, Senator oh. Obama, and against Senator McCain. <laughs> Ooh, that's a keeper. Uh, all right, you know, and every you know, and every time she does something like that, that Barack just takes a little spiral notebook out of his pocket and just put like a check next to her name. You know, do not call back. All right, uh, let's see. How about this? We got a, uh, this uh, about the listener party from Mark Rick. Just got in. I don't. We we'll have to figure out at some point uh, tonight. We'll have to do. Uh, I think we have uh, a prize of some kind. I forget what it is. It's something bitching. Oh, I think it's one of those big platinum set. Star Wars collections. Um, Rick, I just got in from Wisconsin to go to the party with my pals Are here. Are you kidding me? Can't wait to see you there. Mark from Appleton, Wisconsin, wherever that is. No offense. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> you know what? We ought to sell our own uh, travel packages on Expedia. You know, I, I have to tell you um, that there was this time, and this this is not a thing that, that, that really happened um, or happened at all. We had sort of toyed with the idea of putting together one of those uh, travel Come spend time with the Rick Emerson show, like a, but a thing to Vegas for the OJ trial, because mm -hmm. uh, you know, like Bruce Williams does those things, right? Like you go on a cruise with Bruce Williams. Okay, yeah, come on the cruise. We're gonna have a lot of fun. There'll be music. We'll talk about financial advice and just have a good old shindig. Yeah, me, I'm Bruce. That, uh, that happened at an AM radio station I used to work in in California. Go on vacation with Dave and Bob. They come back. Go on vacation again with Dave and Bob. <laughs> well, Dave and Bob are planning another vacation. Go on vacation with Dave and Bob. Dave and Bob are taking a cruise. Dave and Bob are going to Vegas. Well, Dave and Bob are going to <laughs> <laughs> and, and all kinds of these gray-haired old ladies would sign up, and they saw, they made more money selling travel packages than they made selling spots. That's why they do it, too. There's a lot of radio stations. If you, and let me just say this, if you, and not that we're above such things. Dave and Bob aren't going anywhere because, uh, well, Dave died and Bob retired. So really, you have to travel. You have to, tra have to travel to Bob at this point. Um, it, but it, not that we're above such things, because uh, there there may come the time when we put one of those together. But really, if you ever hear a radio station, uh, and there are a couple in town that do this, if you ever hear a radio station where they do that, come and uh, spend three days incarcerated on a boat with Randy Rhodes or whatever it is. Uh, that's because they're trying to wring money out of it. Uh, and a lot of times, that's on those real niche AM stations where they're just they figured that that's the one financial uh, vein that they can mine. But Bruce Williams does it. Paul Harvey does it. The Canandaria Dolan. You remember Kenandaria Dolan? Yeah, I'm a W O R. The Dolans did this sort of financial advice show. It was like this completely whipped husband and his shrewish wife. No offense. Uh, it's like a twelve-hour show that never ended. <laughs> totally it ran like all weekend. It never stopped. We just go on and on and on, and it's like W O R was the network that did that, and it would just be the Dolans back to back with Dr. Joy Brown, who on whom I had it like a strange crush for a long time. But um, but we sort of toyed with the idea of doing like an Expedia travel thing. Uh, 
where it would be us going to Vegas for the opening week of the OJ trial. And then it just got delayed. And it's going to be like 150 degrees. And we weren't that desperate. No, just, we decided to pass on that. But anyway, so Mark from Appleton, Wisconsin, just got into town, so he will be there tonight. So uh, tonight we'll do some sort of a search for the folks that are out of town, and we'll try to determine uh, who it is that uh, they sort of came the furthest. Uh, how about this, Rick? Remember back in the day when Richie first started? Remember how we were all fascinated with the fact that he had no sense of smell? At the time, it just seemed like his most bizarre and horrifying characteristic. Now it just seems like a small side note. Uh, see you tonight, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Here's Tim Riley. So, uh... The president's speech is, well, it's written here, President Bush Bush said Israel's 60th anniversary is a time to reflect on the past, but look forward to the future when he addresses the Israeli Knesset. Uh, while speaking to members of Israel's parliament, the president spoke about the historic ties between Israel and the U.S. and mentioned some of the important figures that made the state of Israel happen uh, back in 1948. He said the idea of negotiating with terrorists and radicals as if some uh, ingenious argument will persuade them is all wrong and is always delusional. As Nazi tanks, tanks crossed into Poland in 1939, an American senator declared, Lord, if I could only have talked to Hitler, all this might have been avoided. We have an obligation to call this what it is, the false comfort of appeasement. He has no idea <laughs> about the period of history he's speaking about. He's completely speaking in an absolute intellectual vacuum. There's, I mean, what does that have to do with it? It's like a head so empty that it just produces echoes. I was thinking it's hilarious. It really is. <laughs> I mean, Hitler. Oh, damn. 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 Go Wait. for it. Hitler. I barely knew her. Uh, that's funny now. Um, yeah, well, the good news about him is that nobody really pays attention to him anymore. He's become sort of, as time has gone on, uh, he's just sort of uh, been reduced to this small sort of whirring noise that you hear in the back of your head. Like, remember when George W. Bush used to go on television and we'd sort of like watch him or we'd sort of pay attention to what, even if it was just to become irritated, we'd sort of, everybody would sort of follow what he was saying. And regardless of what one thinks about George W. Bush or what party one belongs to, um, he really has become so unbelievably irrelevant. Like he's, he's not even on, he's like when you go to a concert, it's not even the second stage at the concert. He's like the busker playing the acoustic guitar in the parking lot while the concert is actually going on. It's like the noise from a hamster wheel. <laughs> <laughs> that's really, or that's an even better example. <laughs> really, while the rest of the country's worrying along, you just hear the... So, uh, can you put a cover on that Muriel? It's really irritating me. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Hollywood couple Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt are expecting twins their own. Jolie's oh. Kung Fu Panda co-star Jack Black apparently let the news slip out accidentally. Apparently they didn't have a delay on this uh, program, the Today Show, with interviewer Natalie Morales. You're going to have as many as Brady Bunch when you have this, right? So is that confirmed? Is it two? Yeah, yeah, we've confirmed that already. Oh, yeah, no, man. You're having I'm, all, I'm glad I didn't Well, Jack just confirmed that. Yes. Is that true? So, yeah. That was? Oh. Yeah, twins. <laughs> you did. What a racket. Well, it's unfortunate when those things slip out accidentally, isn't it, Tim? Accidentally, yeah. You know, when those things slip out, all you can really do is uh, hope that the people who did hear those things slip out know hey, that the... Uh, they're delusional. Yeah, know that, know that some of those things... Uh, You're hearing what you want to hear. ...best left unsaid. Wouldn't you agree, Sarah? I think I'd agree with that, Rick Emerson. I think I would agree that if, let's just say, for example, you were... What, what show is this? The Today Show. Okay, the Today Show. For example, you're I, I watching... I watch that from time to time. If, for example, let's say today, uh, you were watching the Today Show and something was said 
they and you know and there's no delay there or maybe the delay didn't work the way they thought Absolutely. it did mm-hmm. and there's uh, any maybe they thought they had a delay but then all of a sudden it was discovered that they did not have yeah, the, the delay the delay didn't really work the way it was supposed to and maybe something is said and maybe people hear it what you can really hope in this case uh, speaking about Brad and Angelina is that the people who did hear that news about Brad and Angelina they know that that's best kept to themselves. It's just like, say you have a little sister, and like you're passing by the room, and you see Dad putting on the Santa Claus outfit. You don't want to ruin for your little sister that you know that there might not be a Santa, right. or yeah. it might if be Dad. Know, if you dispute the tiniest detail of something, best to keep the mouth zipped. That's Just, that's what I'm saying. I look right. at the big picture. I think I in, totally in of term, what your unfortunate utterances might cause. I think in terms of Brad and Angelina, of course, we can all agree that that is yes. the case. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do we understand each other? I hope so. Okay. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, the stage is set for the final showdown of the seventh season of American Idol. Last night's elimination episode of the Fox show featuring the final three. David Ashulita, Yashishi Mercado, and David Cook. I wish these people get American names like they used to have. Can we speak so many languages? <laughs> well, it's true. It's a multicultural society. Ash to, Ash to what? What's the guy? Uh, Ayesha No, no, no. Mercado. The first guy. Uh, Archulita. Is that David the guy with the dreadlocks? No, that's the guy with the with the uh, the stage dad, the, dad yeah. the, the nutty dad. Yeah, all right. And then we have Yashika Mercado and an American, David Cook. Orion uh, Seacrest has uh, shattered one person's dreams after 56 million votes. America has decided that the two people going head to head in our finale next week are David Archuleta. And going up against David Archuleta is David Cook. Wait, so now David Archuleta is the guy with the nutty dad, and then David Cook is some other guy? Some other guy. Some other guy. I All don't right. watch it, really. I think Dave Cook is that. That sounds like a stage name. Uh, I think David Cook, that is a name that he is. David Cook almost sounds like a radio name. I think that is a name that he has cho- because, chosen to differentiate himself. Because we've gone through sort of a bell curve with show business names. Because, of course, there was, uh, you know, there, there was the time early on when you got a name that it was, uh, it had any kind of ethnicity to it. Uh, you would trade it in for some sort of a real waspy kind of a name. Yeah. So, uh, Irish name. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so like, uh, uh, so, uh, this Alan Konigsberg becomes Woody Allen. Uh, and, uh, you know, like even John Stewart. Uh, John Stewart's uh, name is not John Stewart. It's John, I do believe John Stewart's last name is Schwartzman. Uh, and so changed to John Stewart. But then, uh, we went through a period, like sort of maybe the Schwarzenegger era, where everybody decided just to keep the, you know, the long sort of unusual name. Now, David Cook, signaling return to the, uh, the waspification. Here's Tim Riley. Yeah, it's true. Names are just getting more difficult. I was looking at some of the names of the people I graduated in high school, and the majority of them had French names. Really? Well, yeah. that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, because it's so close to Canada. Uh, let's do one more here, and we'll take a break. Well, the networks really aren't rolling up very many shows. Now, Fox is uh, telling us they're announcing their primetime schedule, and they only have two new shows. So uh, uh, apparently the writer's strike might have had something to do with this. And CBS only said they were going to have three. Now here's Fox with two. Well, is that because they took all of the shows that were going to be launched right now, and then they rolled them out as strike replacements? Who knows? Nobody's explaining anything. I mean, there used to be tons of shows coming out in September. Do they even do the upfronts anymore? Do they, where they fly like the Peter Carlin guys out, and they stand there and... Uh, they say, like, here are the 14 shows that we will be presenting to the American people. Do they just not even do that at this point? Maybe not. All right. 
So that's that. All right. Well, let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, more from Tim Riley around the corner. Coming up later on, we'll do the top five, top five uh, vanished metal bands of the 80s. Top five 80s metal bands that had one big hit and then vanished forever. It's also High Concept Thursday, and we are now just seven minutes and 34. What's with you in the minute? I don't know. Seven hours and 34 minutes away from Rick Emerson, listener party 11. Stay there. Man, that ain't right. So here's what just happened during the break. It's a whole day of surprises, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, so here's Is what. It? Here's what. Hopefully, here's. here's <laughs> oh, you crack me up. Do uh, I really? Yes. Or is that being? Are you sarcastic? No, you do. Oh, okay. Uh, Aren't we sitting here guffawing yes, together? Yes, we are. Out of pain and fear. We are now 7 hours, 26 minutes away from Rick Emerson Listener Party 11 happening tonight. 8 p.m., the Crystal Ballroom at 14th and uh, Burnside. Uh, the Rick Emerson Roast uh, featuring Roastmaster Carl Click. Roasters to include Sarah X. Dillon, Storm Large, Scott Daly, Aaron Duran, Byron Beck, Peter Carlin, uh, Court and Fatboy. Uh, Nickel Arcade going to be doing a set. Emerson Starship going to be doing like the best thing you've ever heard I'm not going to reveal any more specifics about this, and we'll get back to the news. It's going to be kind of a crazy day. Uh, we'll have uh, the top five later on. It's High Concept Thursday. Um, I'm going to say this, actually, that... So I went to the Emerson Starship rehearsal last night, and, like, they've got the regular set that's going to be happening at the end of the night that's, like, some of the, some of the great rock stuff. And I did find out, Sarah, I know the first two songs that they're going to open up uh, with. Do you want to hear? Yeah, yeah you're sure. writing it down here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write down... I, uh, I'm going to write something down here. Let's see. And then you, everybody else, you'll, just, you'll get to hear this live. Um, and... Oh, it's a long one. Well, there's, I, know, I know the first two songs that they're playing. So these are the first two songs they're playing. <gasps> How great is that? Come on. Come on. I just choked on my Luna bar. Yeah. <laughs> that is... <laughs> That's the one-two punch that Emerson Starship is opening the night with their rock set, oh. you know, at the, end of the, at the end of the night. I am going to spaz out. That, I mean, I heard it last night. I was in the room, like, you as heard they play played it. You heard play second song? I did. It's, it was so... Okay, you've got to And i got to tell you, the guy who's singing that song has, like, the same voice for them. I mean, he knows how to nail that. So... I've seen that song live before, and it is... It's so good. It's so good. So at the end of the evening, at about, you know, right, when everything God. is... So that's when I don't have to be, like, all ladylike and stuff anymore. We're going to do oh, the... Uh, you don't what, have to be a lady. The, uh, <laughs> the, the Tim's video will be playing. The roast will be playing. We'll have uh, Nickel Arcade doing a shirt set. And then Emerson Starship will close out the party, as they always do. And again, I saw the first... I saw the set list, but I heard the first two songs they're going to be playing performed last night, and they were so unbelievable. Uh, but it's not just that. They're going to be playing an intro to the whole party. They're going to be playing an intro song for the roast, which is amazing. They're going to be playing all the roasters on and off with their own theme songs. It's just it's astounding. Uh, so, um, but, and what did you hear during the break? But here's what, here's what just happened. So I just came in during the break just now. Uh, just now, which would uh, have been uh, seven hours and 23 minutes from Rick Emerson Listener Party 11 happening the night 18th Crystal Ballroom. you mean minutes and 23 seconds? No, I don't. Uh, and I came in, and I heard Sarah rehearsing part of her roast, and the line wasn't about me, thank God. <laughs> I, I came in, and I heard one of the jokes that Sarah is prepping for tonight, and that's one of your jokes. That's not like a listener joke, right? Yeah. 
That's that's a joke coming from that's that's a joke that a listener did not submit. That is a that's a joke you're delivering. Wow. I gotta say the modern day Joan Rivers. Jesus. I, I came in during. Isn't the, that one's gonna smart a little. Wow. I, I I don't I can't give it away, but I came in during the break and I was not intentional because I'm trying not to hear any of the material. I came in during the break and I heard one of the jokes that Sarah has prepped for her roast tonight. It was like, I mean, it's not even about me, and it was like I'd be, been punched in the face. So, wow, and Tim can, Tim can second that, by yeah. the way. Jesus. Why, it's going to be quite a show. <laughs> Tim put the best. He's like, that's like walking in on somebody naked that you never wanted to see naked by Tim, hearing that. Tim's, Tim's actual response was, I don't know that I want to see this. So, but yes, you do, and you will. That is tonight, Rick Emerson, Listener Party 11 at the Crystal Ballroom. I'll be observing it from the VIP here. From the safety of your VIP table, Tim. Far from the fire. Where no line. one can enter. No, far, far from the target, uh, the target rich environment of the roasting table. Jesus. All right, here's Tim Riley, the oh, Ministry I'm of Truth. There are new ants on the loose that cannot be killed. This is happening in Texas. An exterminator said the ants are getting easier to find, but impossible to kill. Tom Raspberry of Budget Pest Control says you can't get rid of them. They just keep on leaving. Uh, you can reduce the population and leave buffer zones, but it's so bad you can't live in your house anymore. These ants are different. They're called raspberry ants. They're named after Tom Raspberry who discovered them. Uh, they're hairy and reddish brown in color. They invade electrical systems, overwhelm homes, clog drains. The normal ant controls do not work. It's not enough to kill the queen of the ants. Experts say each colony has multiple queens. They all have to be taken out individually. My biggest concern is they're going to spread throughout Texas and devastate Texas's ecological system. I thought it was just dry brush and dirt. <laughs> what could there be to destroy in Texas at this point? Uh, ants are gonna. Ants will be the thing. Ants and giant squid. Uh, they'll be the things that rise up and destroy. I was watching. Where was I yesterday? I think it was on. I was getting a, 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 the final haircut yesterday. I was uh, on Hawthorne and I was walking down one of those side streets, like Madison or something, wherever. As I parked my car, and there was one of those. Did you ever do this? You're walking along the sidewalk and you see something that you think is like a puddle of water or something. And then you look closer, and it's not a puddle of water. It's like 500,000 ants that have all decided that that is going to be their new home. And, I mean, it's like a whole, like, dinner plate-sized section of the sidewalk. And it's, uh, to paraphrase Sala in Raiders of the Lost Ark, why does the floor move? Well, you look down, and you look a little closer, and you see that it's a whole section of the sidewalk that is a... The hills are alive with the sound of ants that are going to kill all of us. So, all right. I can hear Julie Andrews singing. Yes. Uh, a Los Angeles federal grand jury has indicted a Missouri woman... For a legend role in the MySpace online hoax played in a 13-year-old girl's suicide. Excellent. Lori Drew of Suburban St. Louis was indicted on one kind of conspiracy, three counts of accessing protected computers without authorization to obtain information to inflict emotional distress. She allegedly helped create a false identity on the MySpace to contact neighbor Megan Meyer, who thought she was chatting with a 16-year-old boy named Josh Evans. Uh, and as we know, the little girl hanged herself. This MySpace. is that horrible couple. They're in the book, by the way, that couple. Yeah, MySpace is based in Beverly Hills. The indictment noted that the MySpace computer servers are located in Los Angeles County. Hence, the indictment for LA County. Yeah, that woman, that woman and her husband uh, are both in the book. And they will uh, they will get what's coming to them at some point. I'm surprised, just, uh, just speaking... Just journalistically. Journalistically. I'm surprised that somebody hasn't taken care of that already. Yeah, I'm, I really am, actually, especially... I mean, there, there are websites dedicated to um, identifying... Their address. Their address, phone number, what they look pictures like. of them, yeah. where they work. I really would have expected somebody... It's like with the Austrian guy. I really would have expected somebody in the community just to, uh, to step in at some point and do what clearly needed to be done. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, so this is kind of interesting from California. Their Supreme Court has just overturned the gay marriage ban... 
Now, this is a Republican-dominated court affecting more than 100,000 same-sex couples in the state, about a quarter of whom have children. Only Massachusetts' top court has uh, ruled in favor of permitting gays to wed so far. But now California has, and Governor Schwarzenegger says he will uphold the state Supreme Court ruling to legalize gay marriage in California. So that will be uh, state number two. Uh, the mayor of San Francisco says gay marriage is not about any one religion. We're not going to touch religious institutions. Forty percent of marriages are done outside the religious institutions. We're not going to offend or do anything to impose our point of view on any of the religious constructs. This is about civil marriage. This is about fundamental rights. So California will become state number two. Excellent. Fantastic. Coast. Well done, California. Uh, I just got this letter. See if you can find some sound from W's speech in Israel yesterday. At one point, he calls the terrorists enemies of hatred. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, w- I went through what I could find. I did not find that yet. You know, we never did play. Did you ever get that Bill O'Reilly clip? Uh, that clip of Bill O'Reilly going nuts on the air? There were so many of them. I don't, I don't know which one I, I'm supposed to find. <laughs> there was, I guess there was some, uh, to be fair, I don't think it was recent. I think it was from some time back in his career. Mm. But I guess there was some clip of Bill O'Reilly where he's, Something kind of isn't going the way he wants it to go, and he's just F it, I'll just, just screw you. And he's just, you don't even get the feeling that Bill O'Reilly is always just like one bad day or one bad muffin uh, away from just coming over the table and knocking somebody's teeth out. Yes, I mean that really is. If there's anything that makes the O'Reilly factor compelling, it is the idea that at any second he might just throttle the next person that displeases him. So this is from the department of who knew she was still alive, and somebody like Chris Paddock would appreciate this. Marjorie Lord of Make Room for Daddy said she was destined for show business. Marjorie Lord took her rightful place at the Academy of uh, Television Arts and Sciences salute to TV moms, where she talked about playing Kathy Williams all those years on Make Room for Daddy. She's still glamorous at 89. That's what her publicist said. <laughs> really? Still glamorous at 89. <laughs> Doesn't look a day over 87. She says she had the time of her life playing Danny Thompson's wife of the popular sitcom and laughs when recalling how many people assumed that they were married to each other in real life. Uh, so many people assume that Lord played Thomas's wife during the show's entire run from 1953 to 65. Can you imagine that? <laughs> but she was the replacement for his original wife, who was Jean Hagen, who quit the sitcom after three seasons. Her character was killed off, unheard about at the time, and uh, Danny Thomas began the fourth season as a widower. Thompson had noticed uh, Lord while she was performing on Broadway. Once the show uh, closed, uh, she filmed her first episodes of Make Room for Danny. The marriage proposal came on the fourth episode, and that put the series back on firm footing. She also uh, reunited for the 1970 program Make Room for Granddaddy. Of course, it only lasted one season. So, uh, yeah, she's still around. So she was, and at still, not, she's still, and glamorous. still glamorous. And sharp <laughs> There's no picture of Captain in this no, story. No, of course not. Who was, the, who was the woman that was like a thousand years old, but we saw the photo of her, and we, she was still... We did think she was really... It, was it... Um, God... I can't even remember now. It wasn't from um, um, Father. Was it the girl from Father Knows Best? Oh, maybe. Oh, it just seems like. Remember, because it kicked off a whole 20 minutes of us looking at this. There was some PR firm online. Because, oh, it was what's her name from the Adams family? It was the girl that played the original Wednesday. Oh. Uh, I forget her name. But it was the girl that played Wednesday on the Adams family sitcom. Uh, and don't you kind of wonder about, like, who is the PR person? representing an 89-year-old sitcom actress from the 50s. I mean, who is it? Like, is that at the beginning of your career as a PR person, or is that at the end of your career as a PR person? Or is that it, like you are paying off a favor to somebody? You know what I mean? Like, you want to represent you want to represent Ashton Kutcher. Uh, but but there's some handlers that go, look, I'll give you the Ashton Kutcher, but if you want Ashton Kutcher, you got to take Marjorie Lord from Father Knows Best. I mean, it's a package. I'm sorry. I, uh... 
I don't make the rules. That's, that's the way it goes. If you want to see another bizarre scene, I saw Stephanie Powers, who looks the same as she did, and Robert Wagner sitting together, who looks like her grandfather. I guess they, they're going on some heart-to-heart tour. The heart-to-heart the thing. Yeah. What was, who was the guy? Who was the... the... Oh, he's dead. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> the the gravelly one. That's how long we've been working to... Who is the... He's dead. Uh, but you know who I'm talking about? The guy who looks like his name ought to be Schnook? Yeah. Uh, or Oscar or something? Sandler or something like that. I the guy who was the, he drove, and me, I'm the limo driver. Hot to hot, we'll be right back. Me, I'm the gruff comedic relief. Uh, and then he drove them around. What is he dead of? Old age, I would imagine. He was old then. No. Yes. I thought he was, I thought he was only in his 40s then. No, I don't think so. I don't remember a whole lot about heart to heart. I could list a whole. Going on a world tour now. I, I could, it'll be my chance to finally bang Stephanie Bauer. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe next I can get the hot girl from T.J. Hooker. No, not T.J. Hooker. Uh, Hooker. What? Uh, it from uh, uh, Matt Houston. That's the show. Mm-hmm. There was Matt Houston starring uh, Lee Horsley. Uh, so because there was a whole series of, I mean, not, not that we don't have crime-solving dramas now, but crime-solving dramas now are all very, it's all very procedural and graphic, uh, and it's you know it's all it's all sort of the children of CSI, where there's CSI and there's NCIS and there's uh, Numbers is another one like that. But in the 80s, everything was sort of like, everything was like a, a murder mystery met screwball comedy. Uh, there was Heart to Heart. There was uh, Matt Houston. There was Hunter, which was sort of like that. Hunter starring Fred Dreyer and Stephanie Kimball. Uh, Stephanie Kimball, who played Detective Dee Dee McCall, uh, who was Hunter's partner. Uh, another show from the mind of Stephen J. Cannell. And they were sort of the, uh, they were like the Dave and Maddie uh, of like the Los Angeles PD world. So there was that. Um, and there was just endless shows that were sort of these wackily mismatched romantic couples who would also sort of solve crimes. Uh, and then there was a knockoff of that on the USA Network that was uh, a little more dramatic called Silk Stockings. And... I love Silk Stockings. Silk Stockings is the worst Late show. Late Night on USA. I used to watch it all the time. It's like the Red Shoe Diaries of the crime world. Oh, man, that show was crap. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. It's oh, awful. It was it's amazing. Oh, great. It was amazing. I mean, don't even get me. Let me start going on USA Today because USA Today was the home of great crap shows. I mean, I don't know. Oh, I'm, USA, I'm, I used to watch Baywatch Nights on there as well. Baywatch Nights. Baywatch Nights, which had its own theme song. Uh, Baywatch Nights, which is sort of like the X-Files with boobs. Uh, so there was Baywatch Nights. There was, of course, we've talked about uh, Up All Night. We've talked about Groovy Movies. There was the USA Cartoon Express. There was Silk Stockings. And now the weird thing about the USA Network is that it's somehow morphed into like a respectable channel uh, because they've got the Dead Zone with Andy, my, Anthony Michael Hall and they've got Monk uh, with Tony Shalhoub, which are both kind of, you know, there's a little prestige uh, to those shows. So the USA Channel is sort of, it's become kind of its own uh, weird thing. Um but anyway, all right, heart to heart, making a note about that. Because we never were able to get the um, the Adams Family girl on Lisa something or other. Her name was Lisa something. Oh. What was her name, Lisa? Uh, somebody will know. It was Lisa who played. Because you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about this with oh, Richie. Was she too busy? <laughs> she was. She was too. Because it, like all guys, let me be very careful how I phrase this. Like all Ribbon cuttings at strip malls and things <laughs> <the> wet. <laughs> She's posing for something at a Woolworths. Um, the uh, because like all guys, I have sort of a weird thing about the Adams family and about both Morticia and Wednesday Adams for different reasons, obviously. But they did because they did because they were sort of like because they were sort of like you know young version and an adult version oh, of Lisa Loring. Lisa Loring of like the goth girl uh, prototype, uh, especially Carolyn Jones. She's dead now, and so you know so you make do. You get Wednesday Adams who's like fifty but still hot. Um, 
But so we were never able to get her because they claimed that she was too bad. I'm sorry, Miss Loring's schedule is just so full. She'd, uh, I don't know, maybe 2011. Like she, she was just like so busy that they couldn't fit us in. Um, her former husband is porn star Jerry Butler. Is that true? Yes. Good for her. So you know, I mean, you know, so you know that the, you know, there's a maybe she might have a, uh, she might have a little bit of a relaxed attitude about things. You met him on the set of Tracy's Big Trick. <laughs> I guess she was a magician. Of course she did. Uh, she was doing some uncredited work in that film. Uh huh. Uncredited. I uh, in any event. She so fired three times. I will see, but so that's what. These are all things I like. These all put her in the column of people I'd like to make my special friend. Um, but I was thinking I'm going to put her on. What I want to do is at some point I was thinking that we ought to create like some kind of. We ought to create because Richie has proven really able. To get guests. I mean, he's pretty, I mean, really thinking we've gotten great white with Richie. Uh, we got the, the Roger Klein uh, with Richie a couple times, I think. Um, well, he turns on the charm. He's been pretty He's been pretty adept. And you were saying that you wanted to talk to Ron Dante, who is the voice of the Archies. Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking that we ought to put together, I don't know if we have time to do this today, but we ought to put together, go around the room, and each of us put up like, like our three, like three guest interviews that we would like to do, sort of gettable maybe gettable and probably never gettable uh and then and then we'll just offer richie something you know for each you know it'd be like it'd be like when you donate to uh the pbs or something like you kick in like three hundred dollars and they give you the coffee cup so we'll find something uh, for richie like depending on who he's able to bag for the show you know like depending on who he's able to kind of you know to, to get for us Uh-oh. wait is somebody off the air is that that's us? uh 1075 i believe oh Oh, both of them are going off. And would that be us as well? Can you want to hit the uh, yeah, air Yeah, well, monitor? I mean, we won't know for 30 seconds. But... Not on good old AM. Yeah, I've got nothing. You know what mine would be? Mine would be Luke Perry. So Luke Perry, but see, now, if we... If we but can... th- and I think that would be possible because he hasn't really done anything except for acting like some Lifetime movies. Because you have to figure out how likely it is that you could get the person. Okay. I think Luke Perry, unless, like, we have to look into... Well, what you have to do is you have to work it. You have to look into projects that they're working on if they have something coming out. So let's see. So, Sarah, so you would have Luke Perry... Or anyone, like... Um, Quite Who would honestly. be your dream interview? Your dr- of anybody on Earth? I mean, anybody living, anybody, anybody on Earth at all? Uh, who would your dream interview be? Like to just sit down and really like pick on the show? Up. No, no, to be on the show. Like oh. if we were able to get ten minutes, seven minutes with anybody. You know who would be amazing? Hmm. Jim Steinman. All right, so Jim Steinman. So there you go. So Jim Steinman, Luke Perry. Who else? Oh, am I doing all mine now? No, well, just I'm thinking. Is there anybody oh. else that leaps to mind? Hmm. David Lynch. David Lynch. All right. See, there you go. See now. The, now the question is, what would you be willing to do for Richie or give to Richie? In <laughs> yeah, a... <laughs> let's rephrase that. <laughs> what are you gonna do for Richie, Sarah? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it, you know, I, I would set Richie up on a date with one of my single. Hot that's friends. what I'm. See, this is what I'm talking about right now. Yeah. That's it. So if he, so if Richie was and able, all to... expenses paid, like except you know. Now, would you do that for any of these three guests? If he was able to get Luke Perry, for example, yes, phoner with Luke Perry. No, no, I, they, they gotta be phone. Well, Luke okay, Perry's never gonna get this. That's not. That's a, that's an unfair. That would be, you know, that's that's an unfair standard. So if he was able to get Luke Perry on the show via the phoner, uh, you would set Richie up on a date with one of your hot friends. Yes. Okay, Jim Steinman. Yes. yes. David Lynch. Yes. yes. So is that so? Does that bounty? That bounty works for any of these three people? Any of those three people. All right. So Richie Bristol, please to note. Uh, if you can get Luke Perry or Jim Steinman, uh, who's the uh, the guy behind Bat Out of Hell and many other fantastic songs, or David Lynch for a phoner, Sarah will put... Now, is it a hot friend of your choice? 
Yeah, well, it depends on if they'd want to do it. <laughs> oh, I suppose that's true. I guess you would have to get their permission. Oh, you know what I would do? Because I, 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 I think I'd pick probably Heather. Because she seems like a good As sport. would I, Sarah. I know you would. As would I. Because <laughs> Heather's beautiful and smart. and um, She's a good sport. And she is a good sport, exactly. You think she'd treat Richie and like he like... was some kind of pet, though? Yeah, and she'd probably appreciate a free meal. All right. <laughs> <laughs> As would we all. Fantastic. As would Richie. Tim, Tim, Tim Riley, who are your three dream guests? Oh, geez. Who leaves to mind? I mean, the people living now. People uh, who are living now. People, I mean, uh, the, the, anybody on earth uh, that you would like to interview. Jack Nicholson. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? You would like to interview Jack Nicholson? Yeah. Why? I mean, I'm not, you know, it's your choice, but I'm just, it, why Why would that be the case? As an actor, he just uh, always stands out, I think. All right. Jack Nicholson. All right. Well, who knows? You know, they got projects. They get those guys to whore for stuff. Anybody else? Marie Osmond. Mar- really? Yes. Now, is this because you're a longtime aficionado of the Osmonds, or is this simply from a pop culture point of view? Both, I guess. Marie Osmond. Okay. Anybody else? Walter Cronkite. Good one. You know, you could probably get Walter Cronkite. We could probably get him. He's a, I mean, he was a CBS employee. He's still, I think he still technically is a CBS employee. Is he not? I'm not sure. He I, can't be too busy. I mean, I think he, he's it's hanging. A moon landing. He's, <laughs> he's hanging out with Marjorie Lord. Um, I think that he probably, I think he is still, like Dan Rather, I think he's still technically an employee of CBS. Uh, and you know what? And he still does stuff. I mean, I know it was a few years ago, but I saw him at the Museum of TV and Radio a while back. Walter Cronkite. What would you give to Richie? If he were able to land one of these people as a phoner, uh, what, what would you... Sarah's hot friends? <laughs> <laughs> what would so I mean be so You're silly. so be thinking be thinking about what you might do for Richie. Perhaps a bottle of uh, perhaps a bottle of liquor that he would appreciate. Well, Walter Cronkite shouldn't liquor. be too tough because Les Moonves wrote me a letter today. Did you, is that about us buying CNET? Yeah, he bought uh, CNET for uh, zillions of dollars. Good for, good for you, Les Moonves. All right, put that raise to good use. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hello there, Rick. What's up? Hello, sir. Hey, I got a suggestion for a a bit, you know, talking about the the dream guest. Yes, sir. I always thought it'd be cool if you did, like, a celebrity sibling series and and got, you know, people, like, I don't know how relevant they'd be today, but people like, you know, Don Swayze or Frank Stallone. Don Swayze. Is there a Don Swayze? Yeah, yeah. Did Don Swayze sound like Don Swayze sounds like some really uh, like low rent gangster that would only grant you the most minuscule of favors? Don Swayze, my dry cleaning. It's supposed to be back tomorrow. I need the back today. And then Don Swayze goes, Yeah, I'll take care of it. You did that. <laughs> that was the very definition of a courtesy laugh right there. Um, all right, Don Swayze or who, sir? Frank Stallone. Yeah. Roger Clinton. Yeah. Or just do, like, a Where Are They Now and get, like, the guy who played Boner on Growing Pains. Hey, see, now, there yeah. you go. That Now, see, that's an idea right there. We sort of the, 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 um, like, the island of, the island of forgotten actors. Guys who were famous as so-and-so, uh, but who sort of, like, fell off the map since then. That's yeah. not a bad idea. I could do that, sir. All right, thank you. All right, thank you. All right, there you go. Uh, don't forget, we are now just seven hours and four minutes away from Rick Emerson Listener Party 11, happening tonight, May 15th, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom. That is tonight, 8 p.m., the Crystal Ballroom. The Rick Emerson Roast, featuring Roastmaster Carl Click. Roasters to include Peter Carlin, Storm Large, Byron Beck, uh, Sarah Dillon, Court and Fatboy, Scott Daly, Aaron Duran, music from Nickel Arcade, and Emerson Starship. Okay, my list. So we've got Luke Perry, Jim Steinman, David Lynch, uh, for Sarah, for Tim, Jack Nicholson, Marie Osmond, Walter Cronkite. For me, I'm saying Alice Cooper, who's like been the, the long time, who we came like this close to having once. Last year, 
We came within like an hour uh, of getting Alice Cooper. And then he canceled on us and Don and Mike in the same day. Mm. Uh, let's see. Alice Cooper. Um, you know, uh, I'm going to put down I'm gonna put down Robert Plant, even though I know that it'll never happen. That won't happen. Yeah, I mean, it won't happen. You're wasting everyone's time. <laughs> I know, but i got to put it down. Robert Plant. Well, now I don't even know. We can't stop your phone. Why are you making me afraid to dream, Tim Riley? <laughs> Damn you. All right, so we've got uh, Alice Cooper. I'm taking Robert Plant off the list. Fine. Robert Plant. Um, you can dream. No, no, no. It's too late for that. Tim stepped all over my hopes. Um, Stan, well, that's what Tim does. Stan Freeberg. Putting down Stan Freeberg. And I know he still does his views because he's on with Lycus every now and again. Uh, Alice Cooper, Stan Freeberg. God, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even have a third one. I'll have to think about it. All right, Alice Cooper, Stan Freeberg. Uh, there's got to be some third guy. I'll figure out who it is. All right, so there you go. All right. Wouldn't you like want to interview like Axl Rose? Yeah, but that, but that'll, that'll see. But that's like a. a Why do you just, think that this? How many things have happened in your life where you thought that would never happen? Let me just say it out loud so Tim can mock me again. Axl Rose. That sounds like a fine interview. Let's do everything we can to get Whatever, him on. <laughs> whatever. You know, turn my studio into a house of lies. Axel Rose, fine. Okay, so you know what? I'll tell you this right now. Uh, Stan Freeberg is probably the most gettable. Uh, he's not doing a whole lot these days, and you know, and he's a, he is an old radio guy. Uh, so Stan Freeberg, you could probably get here on KCMD Portland. Um, so for Stan Freeberg, uh, Richie, um, I will give you. If you can get me Stan, get me Stan Freeberg. If you can get me Stan Freeberg, uh, I will give you a bottle of alcohol, uh, not to exceed. $35 in oh, value? I'd say 40 wow. 40 Not to exceed $40 in, vo- in, vo- in value. All right. For Alice Cooper, uh, I will give you a bottle of alcohol not to exceed 85 would you say? Wow. You really do want that interview. i well, I got to check it off my list of things to do. It's been bugging okay. me. No, All right. go for it there, friend. $85. And then, of course, Axel Rose will never happen, so I can afford to be generous there. A jillion dollars. One jillion dollars for, uh, if, if, if Richie could see that. And the great thing is, as we're having this discussion, I can see the warm line lit up. I can see Richie calling out to people as we speak. I wonder what he wants more, the alcohol or the date. You know, I forgot that Brad the Car Guy's friends with um, Mark Paul Gosseler, who is Zach. Oh, Jack yeah? Morris from Saved by the Bell. We could get him. Uh, let's see. So for Axel Rose, because I can afford to be generous, uh, I would say you get me you get me any amount of phone time with Axel Rose, Richie. Uh, I'll just I'll up it to 100 I'll make it a flat 100 bucks. There you go. $100, $100 worth of alcohol for you, Richie Bristol. All right. You are listening to KCMD Portland. This is Tim Riley. All right, it's time for a Tanya Harding watch. Here's your Tanya watch uh, for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Harding says her new book, The Tanya Tapes, sets the record straight. In the book, Harding reaffirms that she was not involved in the infamous attack on Nancy Kerrigan in 1994. Let me repeat that again. Harding reaffirms that she was not involved in the infamous attack on Nancy Kerrigan in 1994. Okay, we start out with lies, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) If that's the foot you want to step out on. 
She also claims that her ex-husband, Jeff Galuli, and two other men raped her at gunpoint. She tells NBC The Today Show she was ashamed to speak about the incident until now and wants her book to encourage others. There's so many people out there that have had bad things happen to them and they can't tell anybody because they're afraid to tell someone. That doesn't even sound like her. No. I think I've heard... Here's the thing about Tony Harding. I think I've heard her speak relatively few times. I mean, I think I, you kind of read quotes uh, from her or you sort of hear... Like, we get a lot of people who call up and go, I was just at the triple nickel and Tanya Harding was playing penny slots or whatever next to me. It's, <laughs> oh, the triple nickel. It's always... Well, because that was where I think she drank for a long time. Really? I think that, yeah, for a long time. I mean, I don't know. I'm not asking you to stalk Tanya Harding. Well, but, I've been to the triple nickel many times and I've never seen Tanya. Well, I think she used to live... But then again, I don't really know what she looks like these days and there are a lot of women that probably could have been Tanya Harding. Well... That's true. There is a certain look. Yes, that's exactly. There is a certain area of the country. Some people. There is. There are. There are certain parts of Portland in uh, some of the outlying areas, maybe even close in, uh, where you might have difficulty picking Tanya Harding out of a lineup uh, at this juncture. Uh, But I know at one point. She, this really doesn't like we're stalking her, but at one point uh, she used to drink at the Triple Nickel, uh, and then I think, uh, and I think she moved further out. I think she moved back to Clackamas, back to the Clack, uh, and then now she lives in Yakult, I think. And I don't know what you do in Yakult. I think you can, the Yakult, you just go in the backyard and there's one of those big things with like a metal, like a like like a metal funnel and some tubing or whatever, and you're just making it yourself. So, yeah. Uh, she never reported the incident to authority. She also said in her book. That she was often abused by her mother when she didn't skate well. Harding says she often felt ashamed of her life, and the only time she felt good about herself was when she was on the ice. You see, the ice skating rink was her sanctuary. The only thing I had to look forward to was stepping out on the ice. I mean, that was my sanctuary. I mean, that's where I felt the best, and I actually felt good about me. Her heart turned to ice. Three people have been sat in Gresham. Come on! All right, is that the end of our Tanya watch? Oh, it is, yeah. Fine, whatever. Here's your Tanya watch. Rick Emerson Radio Program on KCMD Portland. Our telephone number is 503-733-2970. Uh, we'll get to uh, some calls here in a second. 503-733-2970. By the way, Richie is clarifying here uh, that he will try to get uh, one of my guests and one of your guests on the same day so that he can get alcohol to get Heather drunk. So just, you know, FYI. I'm so sorry, Heather, if you're listening. Uh, by the way, uh, the guy we are thinking of that played uh, What's His Guts on Heart to Heart, I don't even remember the name of the guy. Hold on, Heart to Heart. I remember the guy in Silk Lionel Stockings was Sandler hot. or something. Lionel, Lionel, Lionel Stander is his name. Uh, he played Max, the loyal butler, cook, and chauffeur to the wealthy amateur detectives, played by Robert Wagner and Stephanie Powers on Heart to Heart. He did, in fact, die, and you are correct, Tim. He is dead. Yeah. So often we say that people are dead here, and then it turns out that that's not really the case. We're always disappointed. He's, he, he is, in fact, a, he is in fact dead, though. He's really dead. How old is Stephanie Powers? You know? She looks like she's 25. She's 65, Tim. Uh, her real name? Stefania Zofia Fredkowitz. I like the name Stefania. Stefania is a great name. Sounds magical. I'm going to her Wikipedia page, though, and very tellingly, there are no photographs of her. Ooh, Rob Estes is still looking really good. I don't even know who that is. He's the, he's the guy from Silk Stockings. Really? 
Oh, yeah. He was beautiful. I don't remember anything from Silk, Silk Stockings except the fact that it had that weird, like, softcore porn men? jazz music. There he is. That's all I remember. Oh, yeah. That's and I remember the, the intro with, like, you know, like, there's a gun and then, like, her pulling up the totally. stockings all sexy-like and it's all, you know, fuzzy screen. It is, it is like, full-on. It is like a, it was like a murder mystery series as done by, like, those Playboy home videos that they used to sell. And oh. I, felt, I felt bad watching it. I felt guilty. I'm like, ew, I shouldn't be watching it. It's a terrible program. Made your brain soft. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, what's up, Rick? What's up, sir? Hey, listen, man. Obviously, since you guys aren't commenting on it, you didn't see Tanya Harding this morning on the on the Today Show. No, that's where that's, that's no. Where no. I, 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 I kind of ease, but because I was getting ready for work this morning before I had to take off, and it didn't even look like my opinion. I mean, now what is? And it's it's so easy to make fun of Tanya Harding. She is. She does present so many opportunities and facets for ridicule. But you know, and yep. here's the thing. You'll know, by the way. I didn't. The, the strange thing is. I've, I didn't even put her on the list. I mean, I've been trying to get Tanya Harding. No lie. I I mean, I've been in the, this market for 10 years now. Uh, we've yeah. been doing this version of the show for seven years. I've been trying for a decade to get Tanya Harding on the show, on the phone, to get her to come to one of our parties. It's never happened. And I think at this point, I've just, like, I, she's, like, more ungettable than Axel Rose to me. So I didn't even really? put her on the list. But um, what does she look like now? Well, she she just looks like she's aged badly is the best way I can say. To be honest with you, I have a lot of respect for her. She's the only reason why I ever watched figure skating back in the day because I thought she was pretty hot. Right. Um, you know, in those little leotards she used to wear. But uh, but to be honest with you, she just looked like she'd aged badly. And it, it almost didn't, even, it didn't really even look like Tanya who's aged. It just looked like someone different. Well, the thing about uh, Tanya Harding is that, like, she never really had, like, the traditional ice skating physique, I don't think. She was always a little uh, thick, yeah, well, as she, they she say had, now. She had hips. Yeah, she, and, and even and she was very muscular and not in a tiny, uh, skinny kind of way either. A lot of those uh, dancers, it's like they only weigh 100 pounds, but it's like all sinew. Whereas exactly. Tanya Harding was sort of, you know, she's kind of a big girl. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, so Tim is, okay, so Tim is showing me a photo of her. She does look old. I hate to yeah. say that, but boy, god damn, that, that doesn't even look like her. And you're right, I it doesn't know. look like her at all. Well, you know, Meredith or whoever the heck on the stage, want to watch it off. They went, and we're going to go to Tonya Harding wow. now. Went, oh, sweet. Went, oh, yeah. I think if you, I don't think I would have ever recognized that as being Tonya Harding just now. That's wow. Uh, the great thing about Tonya Harding, and the thing is, we do have, I don't want to say a love hate relationship, but we do have sort of, uh, I don't know, mixed, mixed kind of feelings about her because. On the one hand, she's she's such an easy target. She's so easy to make fun of. But on the other hand, I think like you and like a lot of people, I have always loved Tanya Harding because she was so unrepentantly trashy, uh, you know. And she just didn't. Change. She did what she did, and she was like f you. And she was, she was. I don't want to say she was like a rebel or whatever, but I mean, she didn't do any of the things that ice skaters are supposed to do. She smoked like a chimney. She drank all the time. She played video poker. Everybody else was like Tanya Harding was skated to some, I don't know, some retarded Disney song, like some Beauty and the Beast thing. And if you remember Tanya Harding's, uh, Tanya Harding's song of choice was Legs by ZZ Top, which is just completely terrible and great. And, exactly. you know, and she just, she just did it the way she wanted to do it. And, and she got by. On like she was so talented uh, that it didn't matter that she was just a hick. So that's true. Well, she had the skill, that's for sure. All right, thank you, my friend. All right, guys. Have a good I'm getting angry text messages from Heather. About what? About being being auctioned Thanks, off at Sarah, Ricky's so prize. What exactly do I get out of this arrangement? I like that you put me up instead of doing something yourself. Laziness wins again. Well, it's, <laughs> it's what we do, Heather. Sorry, Heather. Uh, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. So uh, we'll work on getting on board that uh, Tanya Harding video. All right. Uh, three people are in the hospital after being stabbed in Gresham. This is the area of Southeast 11th and Kane Drive. They're looking for clues. 
They haven't said what led to the stabbings, and the victim's conditions are unknown, and nobody seems to care, really. Looking for clues. Maybe you could just go to random houses. You're bound to find something by the third try. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Hello, Brad. Uh, What's up, sir? Hey. So, uh, can I work out a deal of some sort if I can get you Tanya Harding? Um... Do, well, I, keep in mind that I'm not empowered to give you any of Sarah's friends. That's on Sarah. Oh, uh, I, I, just the booze would be fine. All right, no, yeah. I've got about a one degree of separation. I, I actually have a pretty good shot at that. Well, and she you sounds, know what? So many people, Brad. You're well, and she's strange. got this. She's, so what is the deal, Tim? She's got a book she's pimping? She will always be remembered for her role in the attack against fellow figure skater Nancy Kerrigan. I didn't do it. Right before the 1994 Winter Olympics. It became known as the figure skater Nancy Kerrigan leaving practice was clubbed in the knee by a mysterious assailant. But we all hate Nancy in Kerrigan. In that instant, Kerrigan's Olympic dream seemed crushed. I don't know why someone would do something so vicious. Just days later, with the music, go floss one of your 500 teeth. Both skaters earned a slot on the Olympic team. As they headed to the 1994 Winter Olympic Games in Lillehammer, questions dogged Harding. Could she be behind the brutal attack on her teammate? This event is completely without parallel in, in American cultural history. Nothing like this had ever, ever happened before. It was the story of the time. The ratings that figure skating got at the 1994 Winter Olympics are the kind of ratings you would expect only from the Super Bowl. Tanya Harding denied involvement in the attack on her competitor, but admitted to learning of it after it happened. Uh -huh. I am responsible, however, for failing, re for failing to report things I learned about the assault when I returned home from nationals. Kerrigan grabbed silver at the games, finishing second behind Oksana Bayul. Harding placed a disappointing eighth. So there you go. So that's, uh, by the way, I'm looking at that, that footage of Tanya Harding at that press conference. And, I mean, that was, I mean, it, you know, not yesterday, but it was only 10, 12 years ago, something like that, 14 years ago. But she doesn't look 14 years older. She looks about 40 years older. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Um, describing your life. And in the introduction, you say, I want to set the story straight about my life, about who I am. Who do you believe people think that you are? Well, I believe that people think that I am of what the media has portrayed me out to be. And for me, I'm just a person that you know, has just a country girl, a roller coaster life my whole entire life. Um, not only as, as a child as well, but not only in the 94, but up until even right. just a few years ago. Right. I mean, So there's I, Tanya Harding this morning. So she doesn't, I mean, she doesn't look bad. No. She just looks substantially older. I mean, she, she looks like somebody, you know, who stands up to go to the bathroom behind a woodshed somewhere. <laughs> so, Brad, you've got a one degree of separation. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Actually, when I was listening to that and, and, the, and the ratings going through the roof, can you just sort of see Faye Dunaway in the background orchestrating this whole thing? I absolutely can. Well, what good reference, sir. All right. Uh, Bradley, well, we're going to see you tonight, are we not? Uh, we will be there. No, I was just going to real quick. Tanya is getting married to a lumberjack from Yakult, Washington. A lumberjack like with a lacrosse thing or a lumberjack mm -hmm. with a saw? No, no, not like somebody else in town. No, a... A real lumberjack, some young... Uh, she defines cougar, I'm afraid, at this point. Well, good for him. And yeah. for her, I suppose. Well done, Tanya Harding. Godspeed. All right, thank you, sir. See you tonight. See you tonight. There you go. There's uh, Brad, the car guy. All right. Well, you know, who can who can falter? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program, sir, madam, as the case may be. Hey, Rick. This Hello. is Tim out in McMinnville. Hello, sir. I've been sending you some mails. Uh, we're going to come and raid your uh, blister party tonight. 
Define raid the listener party. Yeah. You're gonna put on a Viking helmet and be riding a steed of some kind, or? Of course. No, I'm bringing Ivan Dupruum from White Zombie with me. I'm bringing my band down there to raid your party. What is that? What is your band, sir? Uh, the band's name is called Bad Gas. You can't forget it. Well, okay then. With two S's. But uh, we're coming down to see you. I used to call you all the time. I love your program. And here you are again. All right, so you are coming from where? McMinnville? We're coming from McMinnville. Ivan's coming from Salem. And, uh, you know, we're all coming. So we're going to come down and see you. I don't know enough guys named Ivan, so I am looking forward to that, sir. You got it. All right, my friend. The uh, party today, doors at 7. Be there early, early, early. Please heed our advice. Please believe us when we tell you. Be there early. We'll be there at 5. All right. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> all right, Rick. There you go. We'll see you tonight, sir. Rick Emerson, Listener Party 11 happens tonight. We won't even be there at 5. <laughs> uh, we are now just uh, 5 hours and 45 minutes away from the doors. Party starts at 8. Be there early. The Crystal Ballroom at 14th and Hawthorne tonight featuring the Rick Emerson Roast 14th music. 14th and from, Hawthorne? What did I say? 14th Burnside, sorry. 14th West Burnside, too. 14th. Isn't there only one Burnside? No, no East Burnside, Burnside West Burnside. Burnside. You're just blowing it. Do you want me to write it Where's on? Where's East like, Burnside? That's um, across the, like, the river. The Doug Fur and... Oh, Everything yeah, that's right. Is? Okay, I'm you sorry. Go east yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so the Crystal Downtown. Uh, downtown 14th to Burnside. Uh, the Rick Emerson Roast, Nickel Arcade, Emerson Starship, and more. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Rick, it's a sir. How you doing? Hello, you madam. What's up? Hello? Hello, yes, it's you, sir. Hi. Didn't, didn't Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan both go on, like, the Oprah or Barbara Walters show a couple years ago? I think they did, actually. I think there was some sort of a legendary meeting. Uh, where they did so, they did some kind of face-to-face meeting, uh, and it was it was on one of those types of programs. Yes. And didn't Tonya Harding like apologize for everything? Maybe it's because the thing about Tonya Harding is it's one of those where there's just, like so many versions of the story, even in her own head now. Because at first she didn't know anything about it, and then she apologized at the press conference, which we all just heard, uh, and then she wouldn't talk about it. And now I guess in the book she says that she again didn't have anything to do with it, which is sort of like. It reminds me a little bit of, uh, you know, the uh, the Ali uh, Foreman fight that happened uh, in 1974, the, the so-called Rumble in the Jungle. Uh, you, you George Foreman, of course, at the time, you know, got his head handed to him uh, by Ali. Ali just gave him a, just a savage beatdown, um, you know, with the rope dope and everything. Um, but if you, if you see these interviews with Foreman in the last couple of years, Foreman has started to float this bizarre theory that he was drugged by something slipped into his water bottle. So it is strange that over time, uh, the story can sort of morph within your own head. Okay. Okay, then, sir. Will we see you tonight? Yeah, I'm... This is Ryan. You browbeated me on Tuesday until agreeing to come tonight. So yes, <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you have to find oh, a babysitter? Did you have to find a babysitter? I had to get a babysitter. How'd that work out for you? Did you find one? I did, yes. All right. $10 an hour, that's not a bad deal. No, not at all, sir. So now the key, though, is to drink enough to sort of, you know, make it a wash. Right. Well, you know, I get to bask in the uh, beauty of Sarah's presence for an evening. That's payment enough. It is true, sir. All right. Thank you, my friend. We'll see you tonight. See you tonight. All right, there you go. Rick, uh, Rick Emerson, listener party 11 happening tonight, uh, 8 p.m., Crystal Ballroom. Uh, more news here in a moment. Still to come today, Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Uh, the top five and more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 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 Uh, hey, you keep saying uh, we need to be there early for the show. How early are we talking about? Well, doors at 7, so I would doors say... I would say be there at seven. Um, uh, you know, Crystal's. I, I will be there with bells on, sir. Yeah, Crystal's a big place, but uh, there's usually a line, so you want to make sure it's that you're a big not. Big place, but they're also, you know, there are places that are closer to the stage and places that are further away. That's true. And you don't. In the back. You don't want to be the guy with his head like leaning out of the lavatory trying to see the action. <laughs> All right. Thanks. I'll see you guys. Next. Thank you, sir. We'll see you then.
I'll do one more here, then it's more news. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. I was just uh, reading online that uh, Alice Cooper is going to be in Redmond, Oregon on July 31st. Really? Yes. Is he, is it like, it just, is he touring? Uh, I guess so, yeah. Excellent. Redmond, Oregon, when? July 31st? July 31st. Redmond, Oregon, July 31st. That is July 31st. Oh, it's the same day as the Wednesday 13 concert. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. Excellent, my friend. Thank you for the heads up. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. God bless you, sir. All right. Bye. See you tonight. There you go. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Redmond is where somebody is uh, flying a Confederate flag off I-5. In honor of the uh, the president of the Confederacy, Jefferson Davis. Like they have nothing better to do with their time, and that's what they're thinking. I don't believe they do, Tim. Uh, I think that is at the Deschutes Fairgrounds. Uh, that's where that guy is talking about there. So, the Deschutes Fairgrounds. The Deschutes Fairgrounds. I think that is what's in Redmond, Oregon. I could be wrong about that, but I believe that is the case. There's a growing controversy at the Hoop in Beaverton. Now, the Hoop is a basketball network that runs multiple leagues. But one of their players is a six-foot-tall, 12-year-old girl. Jamie Loren has competed against the boys for more than a year, but now she's being called No Girls Allowed. Her parents and her coach are asking, well, if she's good enough to play, why can't she? The management of the hoop says No Red was never allowed to play against the boys, but her coach put her in the game without knowledge of the hoop management. The boys' teams complain because the members have signed up to be part of a boys' league and not a co-ed league. The hoop general manager says we want Jamie to have all the success in the world. Yeah, that the facility would host a co-ed play if teams expressed an interest. So, wow, a six-foot-tall, twelve-year-old girl. Here's the thing about that. So that triggers a whole series of uh, things in my head. That reminds me of that movie. It, was it just one of the guys? Was that the what was the movie where the girl with Amanda was, Burns, where she was a football player? No, no, no. You're thinking of something Hoosiers. else. No, the, no, no, no. Rudy. No, stop. <laughs> no, that, what was the what was the nineteen eighties film? Well, just one of the guys was she wasn't on the football team. She wanted to write for the paper, but she felt she was being slighted because she was a woman. So she pretended to be a guy at a different school. Isn't there some movie where there's a girl who played football? That's the that's the new Rudy. one. Wait, uh, quit saying Rudy. <laughs> Wait, let's stop. I'm talking about the movies from the nineteen eighty. Yeah. The movie from the eighties where the girl played football. I don't know that one. Oh, it was Quarterback Princess uh, with uh, uh, with uh, with uh, what's it? Helen Hunt. Uh, okay, so I'm confusing just one of the guys, the 80s film, with just one of the guys, the 90s remake, neither of which are Quarterback Princess starring Helen Hunt. Just one of the guys is one of the greatest movies ever. Yeah. So and that and so then. And Hel- it has a young Sherilyn Fenn in it as well. Is that Sherilyn Fenn who is like the hottest thing on earth? Uh, just a couple weeks ago, I watched that movie Backbeat again, where she plays Astrid, uh, who took all the early uh, Astrid Kircher, who took all the early Beatles photographs. She's the hottest thing on two legs. Um, and I don't and I don't I don't typically care for really artsily photographed like like love scenes. Uh, but she's just looks so scorchingly beautiful that I can that I can sort of get past it. Um, so there's Quarterback Princess with Helen Hunt, where I think it was a made-for-TV movie, where uh, Helen Hunt is, you know, she's like the like the, the the petite, delicate girl who can throw the ball like nine million miles or whatever, and so she becomes like the undercover quarterback. But that then reminds me of Morgan Fairchild, because she I was conjuring up the picture in my head, and she looks a lot like Morgan Fairchild. And Morgan Fairchild's another one of those women that doesn't age. I saw a picture of Morgan Fairchild taken. I mean, it was a photo from last week, but it was, like, taken last week. It was taken in May of 2008 at some Hollywood event. Morgan, and but then they put it, it was on TMZ, and they put it side-by-side side with a picture of Morgan Fairchild from, was it Falcon Crest? Is that what she was on? Yeah. I think Morgan Fairchild was on Falcon Crest. It was a picture from now, side-by-side side with a picture of Morgan Fairchild at 28, and it was, like, no difference. 
I mean, it was unbelievable. There's like she's got some weird. She's bathing in whatever David Bowie uh, bathes in. Morgan Fairchild's got some. It's not even reverse aging. It's just like she was just dipped in amber at some point. It hasn't advanced past that. Here's Tim Riley. The French sportwear brand Lecoq Sportif is closing its Portland-based North American subsidiary. Lecoq relaunched the uh, popular brand to U.S. consumers in February with a line of clothing and sportswear. It targeted resorts, boutique, tennis clubs, and private athletic clubs. Tim McCool, the chief operating executive of Lecoq, said the uh, company decided to focus on the strong demand for its tennis center products in Europe. Uh, Lecoq became the third apparel branch to close down in Portland this spring. Adidas already closed down. They announced uh, layoffs in April and startup Noir uh, shut down earlier this year. That uh, that Lecoq de Sportif, yes. which I do believe means the sporty cock, is that correct? Yeah. Uh, I have one of their. Uh, I have one piece of clothing from them, one piece only, uh, because when we were in Scotland. Uh, getting ready to go out on Loch Ness, and it was like, you know, like 40 below zero or something. And so I ducked into some weird, you know, like in the town of Victington in, 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 in Scotland to try to, you know, dress up. And so that was like the only thing I owned from them was like the most ill-fitting uh, rugby shirt you've ever seen in your life. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hey, Rick, this is Matt. Hello, sir. Hey, um, there's a Cindy Crawford movie about her playing football. Don't know the name of it, though. Cindy Crawford? Yeah, she played a kicker on a college football team. Mm, are you making this up? I swear, I, I'm 99.9% sure it's Cindy Crawford, college football team, plays kicker. I thought the only movie that Cindy Crawford... Didn't Cindy Crawford make some awful movie with a Baldwin brother? Wasn't there some terrible film uh, that has Cindy Crawford and one of the Baldwins? Not a clue. All right, well... Uh, I have no was, idea. I don't well, remember Cindy Crawford. That bug me. Uh, was, no one else does either. Even when she attempts to. All right. Uh, well, she was a kicker. It was like a football kicker? Yeah, football kicker. College team. All right. Never watch it because it looked crappy. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right. There you go. It's all conflated in my head. It's all very confusing. All right. Let's do a couple more here. We'll take a break. We'll come back at the bottom of the hour. More news. Dorothy Carcesari for the National Enquirer is still to come. Uh, today's top five and high concept Thursday. Uh, we are now just six hours and 37 minutes away from Rick Emerson, listener party 11. Here's Tim Riley. The cops say a father and son grew marijuana plants in their home near a Clackamas school and then sold illegal drugs. Uh, Larry and Cody Calloway, Cody's name is spelled K-O-D-I-E. Of course it is. Uh, investigators uh, say they knew that uh, Larry and Cody sold pot to at least one 15-year-old and was suspected that they sold it to more kids because they had close access to a nearby school. A teenage informant helped police crack the case. The Calloways were living in uh, Almond Court in Clack, where uh, police say they found approximately 40 mature and starting marijuana plants. Dwayne Calloway was arrested in his home. He faces charges including possession, manufacturing, distribution of a controlled substance within a thousand feet of a school. His bail set at eighty thousand dollars. Larry son Cody uh, faces the same charges, and his bail is set at seventy-five thousand dollars. Quit naming your children things that start with a K and end with an I. Higher on the Rick Emerson show. Yeah, it was Kathy Ireland and Necessary Roughness is the kicker. I That's okay. It wasn't Cindy Crawford. It was Kathy Ireland. All right. Righto. Necessary uh, Roughness. Was Cindy Crawford in some terrible movie with a Baldwin brother? Fair Game with Billy Baldwin. <laughs> You're a retard. Why do you know, I know. that? <laughs> I, I'm I'm the useless knowledge guy. I know lots of stuff. All right. Please tell me that you've actually watched that film. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I have not. <laughs> All right. That sounded like a yes that turned into a no, but we'll give you the benefit of the doubt, my friend. Yeah, I've seen a lot of bad movies, but somehow I missed that one. I, they don't show it on cable very often, I don't think. Well, that's, you know, they're too busy showing Big Bully with Rick Moranis. 
All right. <laughs> thank you, sir. Uh, thank you. All right, there you go. Necessary Roughness. Hi, I, you're I've on... seen that movie. Is it awful? Oh, it's great. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson yeah. Show. Hello. Hello, you just figured it out. Uh, you must have got it while I was on hold. I was just going to tell you it wasn't. Yeah, Kathy it was Ireland. Kathy Ireland. Yep. Is, is it bad? Uh, it stars Scott Bakula. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that does tell. That does tell part of the story, doesn't it, sir? All right, thank you, my friend. That show where women are like uh, parking spaces. All right. Why? I guess we'll never know. What did he say? Why are women like parking spaces, Sarah? Oh, I don't know. Is it because when one is full, another one opens up? I don't really know. I'm trying to bluff my way through the answer there. Now it's going to plague me for the rest of my day. Rosebud. Here's Tim Riley. We have a religious nutcase watch. Of course we do. Here's your religious nutcase watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. is in Necessary Roughness? Unnecessary Roughness starring Kathy Ireland and Sinbad. There you go. Mark oh, of quality. That's how you know you should put it in your queue today. Here's Tim Riley with your religious nutcase watch. A Central Florida pastor has taken a leave of absence from his church after he received threatening notes and letters, including one uh, placed in his hymn book following the removal of the U.S. flag from the church. Pastor. I barely knew her. One of the threats in the note said, resign this Sunday or else. Investigators are examining at least two of the other notes sent to the Reverend Sean Oliver Allen of the First Baptist Church of Deland, Florida. We're looking at it criminally and work to determine if there are any criminal intent behind this. Allen became the pastor of the church in September. He opted to take a leave of absence after finding the threatening note. Some of the members of the congregation are upset, uh, upset because he removed the U.S. flag from a church <laughs> and the church's Christian flag. What is the Christian flag? I don't know. Is, is that the one that Jesus took with him when he was put on the cross? <laughs> That's the Buddy Christ flag? I'm not sure. Uh, the telephone rang unanswered at his home. Uh, according to a church member asked not to be identified, Alan was concerned primarily about the safety of his wife and children in Florida. All right. Is that the... Uh, is that, do we have more for the religious nutcase watch? This one from Tennessee. Excellent. One of the planners for a Bible-themed amusement park in Rutherford County concedes he worked as a penthouse magazine photographer as a young man. Alan Bartor... The founder of the Safe Harbor Holding LLC, which is proposing a Bible theme park, I thought they already had several of these, uh, took photographs of dune bottles during the 1970s. They became covers and centerfolds for the softcore pornography magazine. He was born in Israel, took his first photos from Penthouse while he was living in England in 1969. He released a statement after his former employment with the magazine was revealed. Surely, what a young immigrant photographer did 35 years ago to make a living in his first job out of college as a fashion photographer has no evidence uh, in his development for the world-class tourist attraction. Then, uh, thou shalt not find the Ten Commandments up for bid this summer. A pair of granite tablets that Charlton Heston cradled in the 1956 biblical epic, The Ten Commandments, is expected to fetch as much as $60,000. A five-piece costume that Heston wore in the 1959 movie Ben-Hur is also among the 1,000 pieces of Hollywood memorabilia being auctioned off his former possessions. He died back in, uh, only back in April. 
And all this stuff is being auctioned up already. <laughs> it's like, you just picture it like, like somebody at the Beaverton swap meet just going in and rooting through all of his crap. <laughs> well, that must be cleared up itself for sale. Well, you know, and the funny thing about that is, and it's funny because it's not happening to us, is that you can tell that they were just sort of circling around waiting for his last breath to just wait, exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. All right, go! You know, and then they just ran for his stuff. Um, and so the, the interesting thing about that is, like everybody else, uh, you then start to wonder, who else is that being done for? Like, what other celebrities, I'm thinking of that woman from Father Knows Best, you know, where there's family relatives, like, do, I shouldn't say this, but, I mean, every family does this, right? Where when certain family members get to be of a certain age, all of the sort of younger people start to talk among themselves in whispers about who gets what. And I know that you're not supposed to say those things publicly, but look, we all do it. Everyone does. Look, uh, yeah, Aunt Cynthia, I mean, God love her. I mean, I hope she lives forever, but, uh, you know, I, I want that armoire when she dies. See, I feel like it's the more terrible people in the family that do that, because I never oh. did it, so therefore, <laughs> you know, my family, like when my grandfather and my grandmother passed, got, got screwed out of tons of really cool things, because my evil uncle the whole time was just like, all right, I'm going to hoard this and this and this. He made like a list of all the things they wanted, even when my grandfather was still alive. Oh, no, my family hadn't, I mean, my family didn't wait at all for anybody. I mean, it's like, I think my, I think my mom was 50, uh, and like the family members were already like, look, uh, I know it's many, many, many years in the future, but seriously, I want that covered over there and all those collectible plates inside, so just uh, FYI. Like, I suspect right now, if you were to walk around my mom's house, turn everything over, you're going to see kind of surreptitiously placed post-it notes on about 80% of her possessions. So, you know, what are you going to do? Waste, you know, I mean, it is the early bird who gets the Franklin Mint collectible set, Sarah. All right. Uh, there's your religious nutcase watch for Wednesday, uh, Thursday on the Rick Emerson Show. So we are now uh, six and a half hours away from Rick Emerson Listener Party 11 happening tonight, 8 p.m., the Crystal Ballroom uh, downtown at 14th and Burnside. It is 14th and West Burnside tonight, 8 p.m., uh, featuring music by Nickel Arcade, uh, jaw-droppingly good musical accompaniment and a set by Emerson Starship. Uh, uh, the Rick Emerson Roast with Roastmaster Carl Click, Peter Carlin, Byron Beck, Storm Large, Sarah Dillon. Uh, the world premiere of a brand new short film from Tim Riley, which I saw last night, which is it, it, great. That is all uh, the, the huge intro film, all kinds of stuff happening. Uh, let's read a couple of these and we'll take a break. Rick, I saw Tanya Tony Roma's on MLK just recently. Damn that chicken down some ribs. Love me some ribs and some Tanya. How come everyone sees Tanya Harding but us? Because, well, I think that maybe it might be, as Tim noted, that she does sort of look like a type now. So I do believe it's entirely possible that there are other people that you think are Tanya Harding. They're really just... They kind of look like how we were used to seeing her. Well, or they're just, you Everyone know... Everyone travels up the roadway a bit. <laughs> and takes a glance out of one's window. There seems to be uh, a few genetic traits that are common to many people. Is she still blonde? It's kind of hard to tell. She, she has hair. I would say that, uh, you know, there is no there's no shortage of kind of stumpy, frizzy-haired blonde women. I mean, let's just be honest. We'll call it what it is. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rick, about your name tags tonight. Are you doing that? Yes, we are, by the way. Uh, we have. We had several suggestions yesterday, and it's on you whether you want to actually do it or not when you get there. But um, 
We had several people yesterday uh, asking for us to get uh, some kind of name tag or some sort of signifier that listeners could wear to denote whether they were single, if they were single, whether they were looking, if they were looking, if they were looking for a man or woman or both or neither or Richie or whatever. Uh, so we will have name tags there when you walk in. We've uh, got a few hundred of those. Uh, there'll be name tags like a thing of Sharpies or whatever. So, uh, yeah, you will have those. Uh, this guy says, uh, my name tag will say married but wife is in Reno. Ha, ha, ha. Also, it's true. See you tonight. All right, well. Have fun, sir. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back after this. Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer joining us today. Uh, later on, we'll do the top five, top five 80s uh, rock bands who had one big hit and then vanished forevermore. Later on, High Concept Thursday. And tonight, Rick Emerson, Listener Party 11, happening at the Crystal Ballroom at 8 p.m. Back after this. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming by. Uh, now just six hours, 18 minutes away from Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Uh, Tim just gave an excited little gesture as though he were the puppet master. Pulling the strings. Uh, Tim and I are going to the party together. Uh, at the Crystal Ballroom? I have a gentleman escort. Is that true? Uh-huh. Excellent. Uh, chariot awaits. <laughs> your, your Volvo awaits, my lady. Fourteenth uh, West Burns West Burns West Burnside. I even had the hubcaps scrubbed. Are they going to rotate? Do you have spinners now, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, doors at seven. Uh, party at eight. Get there early. Get there early. Get there early. Get there early. Uh, there is no ticket, no cover, no dress code, no charge. Dress up, dress down, dress however you want to. Uh, the, bring cash. Bring cash. Yeah, don't be the jackass. Can I put this uh, this dollar seventy five RC cola on my credit card? Just, just please bring cash. Don't It'll make everyone's lives easier. You'll get served faster. And never, people won't think you're a dick. People won't hate you. All I want is some chicklets. So there will be. Um, can I just that just prompted a whole just real quickly? We'll get to Dorothy Carcassari. When we were in Vegas a few weeks ago with Jen and Aaron, you know what I saw for the first time ever in real life? What? A cigarette girl. Oh, a girl with oh, the yeah. full-on, the little lanyard thing that goes around her neck and comes down to the tray, and it's like you know, it's like she's carrying a tray in front of her that had cigars, cigarettes, gum, like whatever, like other other crap. So which I've never seen in real life. And she had the full-on like the like the mini skirt and the everything, and she was walking around saying cigars, cigarettes. It's the cool. It was like I was like I was in radio days or something for a second. Did uh, you take her to the roof? Uh, no, no, I didn't, Tim. Good reference, though. Yes. Well done. Uh, all right. I've never been up here before. It's 503-733-2970. I love that movie. 503-733-2970. It's Morning Talk with Roger and Irene. This, however, from the National Enquirer's, our good friend Dorothy Carcassari. Hi, Dorothy. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I am, uh, I am doing well. Are you a Woody Allen fan? Yeah. All right, then. <laughs> Never mind. I was going to do like a charming sort of slice of life segment where we talked about your favorite Woody Allen film. 
No, I'm not a huge Woody Allen fan. I think he's, I don't know, he might be a little bit before my time. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm looking at the cover of, of this week's Inquirer, and as so often the case, there's a couple different things. If you go to nationalinquirer.com, uh, the new issue comes out tomorrow. There's... There, there's the, the three elements that we always have when we talk to you. There's the one big story in the middle of the page. Mm -hmm. Then there's the picture of this week's cover with the one headline that I can read and the other headline that is tantalizingly out of focus. It's a fun little game to play, isn't it? It really is. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm seeing that producer Robert Mutt Lang, who did uh, most of Def Leppard's big hits, he did Back in Black for ACDC, and he, of course, produced all of Shania Twain's big records. I guess he was married to Shania Twain, and I guess she's kicked into the curb. Yeah, can you believe that after 14 years? Well, she seems a little nutty. I was actually just talking to somebody about her yesterday. Uh, Shania Twain, if I can dish a little gossip of my own. Shania oh, Twain, wow. she came to town at one point. We used to have a, um, a sister, a country, we still do, but a different country station. It was a sister station. Shania Twain comes to town, she's playing a show, and my producer at the time uh, was a big Shania Twain fan. And he was like, I'm going to get my picture taken with Shania Twain. And he went to get his picture taken with her, and... As he he's sort of in line, there's a whole like kind of queue of people waiting to waiting to get their picture taken with Shania. As he gets ready to stand next to her, Shania Twain's publicist or you know her handler or whatever says to him, "Okay, now look, you can put you, you can put your arms sort of be, uh, around her, but you cannot touch her." It's like literally. <laughs> So basically, you can you can make it look like you're holding on to her, and you guys are chummy. Yeah. But but you there's basically about two inches or maybe six inches between your arm and her back. Yeah, literally the arm can go around her. That's it. But not you can't touch her. And so there's this great photograph of him sort of, and he's you know and he's a big guy. He he's sort of bent down and he's got his arm around her with this. Was this Matt? With Matt. Yeah. Okay. And his the big you know like cheesy grin on his face. And if you look really carefully, you can see that at no point is his arm even touching her. So that's my little Shania. That that is really funny. I like that. Feel free to pass that along to whoever you like. I, I, I really like that a lot. Thank you. You're telling me something uh, this week. Thank uh, you. You know, you always give. I try to, you know, I try to give back sometimes. You're trying to balance it all out, right? Uh, we got a couple. Of, first of all, there's a great slash horrible photograph of Lisa Marie Presley, who maybe this is just a trick of the picture, but she looks to be about five feet across. I mean, she's a wall at this point. Well, yeah, she's definitely very pregnant. I don't know if you can see the the headline, but it's pregnant Lisa Marie out of control. She'll gain a hundred pounds. Tantrums melt down. She's only halfway through her pregnancy, so she's she's definitely doing a very good job at being pregnant. That's for sure. I love it when here's the thing I love about the Inquirer. I love it when anybody is quote over the edge when somebody is in their brave final days or when somebody is out of control. So, <laughs> And and then the thing that I can't quite read, all I can see are the words, and it's a it's a measure of how far her celebrity has fallen. But it's like an it's like down in the tiny lower left hand corner, Britney sex tape something blah 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 blah. That's all I can read. Britney sex tape shocker. Do you remember Britney's old boyfriend, the photographer yes. Adnan? Yes, I do. Well. We have learned exclusively that apparently when they were together in January, he videotaped her in a suite in a hotel in Mexico while they were on vacation, getting kind of kinky. And now he's trying to sell this, this video. God bless him. All right. I, I just... you, you knew that you did not hear the end of him. You know that when he kind of disappeared a little bit, you knew that wasn't the end of him, right? Well, I mean, I just sort of take it as an article of faith that Britney Spears, I mean, 
she doesn't necessarily exercise the best judgment. And I mean, she just, I mean, really, if I can just speak really bluntly, I mean, she has no problem kind of showing it to the world, if you know. I mean, really, we've all, I mean, I've seen things that really only your doctor should see. Uh, so I, it doesn't really stun me at this point, but it is nice to sort of see it confirmed somewhere. Well, Excellent. the thing that's interesting about this is that, you know, if we rewind about six months or so, we would say, wow, you know, this is totally Britney's deal, sex tape. You know, we don't expect anything right. less from her. But, you know, now she's really cleaned up her act. She's she's gotten more visitation with her kids. She's been doing this guest spot on How I Met Your Mother, and she's completely you know, revamped her image, and she's doing the best that she possibly can to put herself back out there in a positive light. So if this sex tape ends up surfacing, it's, it's going to definitely set her back for sure, more so now than it would have in the past because, geez, how much lower could she have gone in the past? Well, that's the great thing about it is you know that it, it, whether intentionally or just by happenstance, uh, this is coming out at exactly the right moment for that guy because you said it's when she's trying to sort of scrub herself free of her the, de the detritus from her past. So, mm -hmm. all right, good for him. All right, Dorothy, as always, a pleasure. The new issue comes out tomorrow, the National Enquirer. We will have speaks with you again soon. Enjoy the rest of your day. Great. Thank you. You too. Thank you, Dorothy. All right. I dig her. Uh, you know you know what I Me love too, about I wonder what she looks like. I don't that's know. That's one of those people, too. Don't you want that job? Yes. I mean, not that this job isn't great, but come on. No, don't... that's it. You know what I love is when... As Do soon as my radio career comes to an end, I'm trying to work <laughs> at a gossip magazine. You know what uh, You know what, what I love is when Dorothy goes... I don't mean for this to sound creepy, but it's like, it's like kind of the hottest thing ever when she goes, as we have an, an exclusive, Rick, and it's, she kind of like drags it out and sort of rolls that exclusive, and it's just like... Just me little tingles. Uh, How do you all spell right. carcessary? Uh, it's C-A-R-C-E-R-C-E-R-I, I believe. I do believe that's how you spell it. It's kind of tricky. There it is. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello. Hi, Rick. How are you today? Hello, sir. How can I help you? I've got a question from my personal savior, Tim Riley. Tim? Sure. Hey, Wait a yeah, I've, <laughs> I've got a question about the, the Larry and Cody uh, drug bust thing. Yeah, I I was one. Did they say anything about the wife? I used to work with Larry years ago. I don't see any mention of the wife. By the way, we should say going forward here that um, these are allegations. These are allegations, yeah. and we have no way of knowing. No disrespect, if you are telling the truth or if anything you Correct. say is accurate. And please Correct. let us avoid any slanderous comments about anyone, sir. No, I am not going to make any slanderous uh, comments. Are you trying? Are you trying to figure out if this is the same guy you used to work with? Well, I know it is. <laughs> Good for you. Way to pick friends. Uh, th there, are, there are names of three parties here charged. Larry Dwayne Calloway, who's 42. Right. Larry's son, Cody, 18. Right. And they also arrested a woman named Andrea Jo Lugar at the scene on a warrant. It doesn't mm -hmm. mention if she's in relation to anyone involved here. No, no, I just had a... That was my question. All right, then. These people weren't as bad as you thought they were. All right, my friend. See Thank you, sir. We'll see you tonight. Rick well, Emerson, Listener Party 11, six hours from now. If they were charged, then that wouldn't be slander, right? Because they were charged. Well, we don't with know crime. that they're guilty. Right. They have oh, been accused. Yeah, but you know, Sarah, in, uh, well, in they're America. Accused, but not charged. Oh, you know, the, uh, the justice system will decide whether or not they are actually guilty of these crimes. You're very confusing. I'm just saying. Uh, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, it is your personal savior. And now, from the Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. Hello there, Pennsylvania. Home of Hillary Clinton's friends. Two men are charged with trying to steal live power lines still attached to a transmitter and utility poles. 
It's hard to believe that uh, <laughs> Kevin Lytle and Daniel Basinger were shocked during the theft attempt on Lower Turkey Foot Road. I'm <laughs> that cut off my I'm shocked pun. Turkey Foot Road, not Upper Turkey Foot Road. That's the Ponzi area. Now, both are charged, but only one man is well enough to attend the arena. <laughs> the other will be attending in a cigar box. Uh, the incident disrupted power to area residents for about five hours. I would imagine disrupted the power within their own bodies as mm -hmm. well. The power to stand, for example. Mm -hmm. Lower People Turkey Foot more Road. more brazen. Well, Upper Turkey Foot Road is really, that's the cosmopolitan. That's, the, that's where the sophisticates are. You, so uh, is there some national cult? That communicates with you. Where to steal live wires? You know, it's weird, actually. Who gets together and where to plan such things? Do you, are you really asking me? Because if so, oh, yeah. it's one of those things where i got to pull up a chair. Pull up a chair and explain. Right. It's one of Rick Emerson's I know. Fire, fireside chats. I think about this all the time. There is that guy, I think his name was Douglas Keyes Jr. Is that the guy? He wrote this book called The Hundredth Monkey, which is about... Um, not a very good book. You read it now, it's a bunch of hippie claptrap. Uh, it seemed really profound when I read it uh, when I was in, like, ninth grade. You read it, and you went, wow, that's exactly... And then you read it now, and you're just kind of like, wow, that's crap. Um, but it, it's, about the po it's about the collective consciousness and unconsciousness and how ideas spread through society uh, and, and whatever. And they use sort of the examples in nature. Um, but anyway, but you do wonder how these things spread. Uh, like, because am I wrong? Like five years ago, you didn't have any of these stories. No. Five years ago, we did not have. I mean, every single day now, there's just some uh, jackass. Whatever you do, I'm gonna cut into a live power line to sell it for meth. Well, I think there there were there were jobs to keep stupid people occupied. <laughs> not, not anymore. No, they sent them all to China. <laughs> Or they send them, or they're being automated. I mean, the, the most that these people had to think of was putting a piece of candy in a box <laughs> and waiting for the next one to come down the assembly line. But that kept them off the street. They weren't selling power. They were putting a piece of candy into a box. I don't like Charlie Bucket's dad mm -hmm. just sitting there putting the caps on toothpaste tubes. Um, and, and so now they've had to turn. But the, the weird thing is how they all, like, en masse, en masse, they all en masse decided that... They were going to go start stealing, you know, like electrical wiring and copper. But whenever possible, stealing something through which billions of volts of electricity were traveling. Right. So there's that that happened all at once. So where did you not learn that you could hurt yourself by doing this? And I mean, it's, here's the other thing is I, it's just like a strange mixture of intelligence and lack thereof. Because I wouldn't know how to steal any of that stuff. Like, if you took me to, a, to uh, like, a power plant, said, Rick, I want you to go up and get all that electrical cabling down and then spool it all up, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any idea how to do any of that stuff. Uh, they have that knowledge, but I, I think it's like that little, it's like that hole at the top of your sink that keeps it from overflowing. Like, they have the knowledge to steal that stuff, but not the wherewithal to, like, not kill themselves doing it. So it's sort of like a, that's like kind of, kind of a self-regulating system, I would think. Um, but so there's that, and that knowledge spreads the same way that, like, uh, the guys suddenly all had the sign that said, why lie, I need a beer, like all those homeless guys. Mm -hmm. You know, the one that I've seen five or six different times now is, because we track this on the show every now and again, is the evolution of signs held by beggars on the street. So first it was just like, you know, uh, we'll work for food. That came out about 15 years ago. A couple years ago you started to see the why lie, I need a beer signs. And that was the guy who figured he was going to, and that was interesting like once. Like once or twice he's going to go, hey, why, well done, sir. And you give him like a buck. Now that's old hat. The one that I've seen a few times now, maybe three or four times, is the sign, and it's only been in Portland, but I've seen three or four different guys in different parts of Portland who have the sign that says, um, father killed by ninjas need money for martial arts lessons. 
And it, I've which, never seen that one. I've seen it several times now. Uh, only in Portland. I've never seen it anywhere else. And I've never even heard of it being seen anywhere else. But it's either it either says family or father. It's like family killed by ninjas need money for martial arts lessons. And the first time I saw a guy with that, I was like, here you go. Have have two dollars, sir. I saw one yesterday that said wife had better divorce lawyer. You know, need money. Which is the first time I've seen that, but I will guarantee you, I'm flagging that right now here on May 15th. We will start to see those, that sign, popping up everywhere over the next six months or so. Which then leads me to this other little bit of of, of viral discussion that Tim and I were having during the break. Which is the mudflap girl. And here's the reason, here's the reason we're talking about the mudflap girl. This sounds a little circuitous, and I suppose it is. But we used to work on this radio station here in Portland called Max 910. Dog radio for guys. Yeah. And when that station flipped formats, when they fired all of us and turned it into whatever failed format they turned it into. It's been like two or three different things. When they turned it into a placeholding format, a decision they later came to greatly regret, uh, they... They got they just got rid of all of their old you know crap the coffee cups and hats and t-shirts and whatever Richie Bristol God bless him took all of it home so in Richie's garage he just has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of coffee cups and shot glasses and scotch glasses and pencils and shirts and sweaters those weird gray sweaters they gave us that say Max 910 he brought one in there because none of us have any of that stuff and I try to collect a little something from every radio station where I work I got coffee cups. From, and my thing is either coffee cups or T-shirts. I have coffee cups from radio stations that have been gone for 20 years. Uh, and I'm still glad that I have a coffee cup because it's a little bit of piece of proof that the station once existed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, station vanishes. There's just nothing left, really. So I try to keep that stuff. So Richie brings in this Max 910 scotch glass, and it has the mudflap girl on it. So Tim and I were talking about that, and you and I say it right now, and everybody knows who the mudflap girl is. And she's always got the same hair. It's like the the, 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 the feathery kind of blowing hair, real thin waist, and she's all curvy and everything. Um, and she's always in the same pose. You know what? You look on the back of those KUFO t-shirts that the staff wear. The street teamers for KUFO wear a KUFO shirt that has the mudflap girl on the back. And so Tim had this point of, like, wh- whence did that derive? From where did the mudflap girl come? So... I'm really, at some point, I keep talking about this, but I'm going to have to make this movie where I just take nine minutes at a time and I trace the origins of things. because Like little pop, weird pop culture thing? Yeah, like where did blank come from? Where did the smiley face come from? There was a day when the smiley face didn't exist. Now the smiley face exists. Where did it come from? Don't email me about this now. Please don't call. But, I mean, the mudflap girl. That's Hi, a... Bondo. Oh, never mind. Where did it come from, Tim? It was created in the late 1970s by Bill Zinder, the owner of Wiz Enterprises, Long Beach, California. Wiz Enterprises. It was the, work, Wiz Enterprises. It was the original designer and manufacturer of the Mudflap Girl. His primary product lines are comb and mudflap emblems designed for semi, truck, and mudflappery. Uh, in 2006, she, she uh, appeared in the Super Bowl commercial for Honda Ridgeline, also featured in the uh, Yosemite Sam something. What? I also under- featured... Yosemite Sam. Oh, I see. The commercial also featured Yosemite Sam. Well, because there's those... There's those. Uh, did you see this picture of Dorothy Carcassari? Did you uh, see her MySpace page? No. Oh. I just saw this picture of her on CNN. I don't know how to spell her name. I've got a bigger one for you. <laughs> she has a bigger <laughs> one. Do you? Bada bing. <laughs> wow. Okay, i got to not think about that because then I'll just uh, be all flustered the next time I talk to her. She's... She is very pretty. Wow. Like ridiculously pretty. Okay, I gotta, I gotta not think How about that. How old is she? So she's fairly young, and she's hot, and she works at the National Enquirer. See, she's, she's twenty six. And she's hot. 
26. She was on E! News. Let's mm-hmm. see, she's, uh, since my career in entertainment journalism began, I've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of celebrities, including Tom Cruise, Ashley Simpson, <laughs> Mariah Carey, Vince Vaughn, Jennifer Aniston. Boy, she's beautiful. Paris Hilton. Wow, and there's a whole bunch on her Space profile. There are tons of video clips of her. I won't watch those just now. I'll watch those later. During your special time, you're creepy. Uh-huh. Oh, did you know uh, that Arizona legislator tried to ban... The naked lady mud flaps. Is that they think I was trying to ban the plastic testicles? No, so, this is a different one. So the mud, but now, so my question though, but it, it seems like that almost has entered the public domain, though. You know what I mean? Like the Statue of Liberty through common usage, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, well, that's a good question. But the Statue of Liberty, do you have to have permission to use the Statue of Liberty in advertising? I would imagine so. I mean, does the Statue of Liberty belong to somebody? I mean, the actual physical so Statue of Liberty does. Park, isn't it? But no, but I mean, the, but the design, the image of the Statue of Liberty. Do you suppose you have to have the permission of somebody to use the image of the Statue of Liberty to sell, like, a waterbed? Probably. You don't see it very often. I don't know. Here's a question. Do you have to have permission to use, the, to use like, Beethoven's music? Or does that belong to everybody? I thought the copyright expired after, like, a like, hundred years see, or something. I think that might be, like... An old wives' tale, though. I've heard that, too, but I don't know that that's true. Mm. I think about that all the time, like with George Washington. Like, you know, they use George Washington to sell, like, a car. Do you have to you have that permission on KCMD Portland to do that? I saw him trying to sell a DVR once. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't dr- think it's original. I had a drama teacher who, you know, did some acting in his spare time, and I saw him do the saddest thing once. He was dressed up as Ben Franklin in a parking, you know, like a, like a used car lot. And he was like, you know, and he was reading some weird version of the Declaration of Independence, but it was like, you know, we the people... You know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of a great deal on a Hyundai. And it was like we watched it. We just sort of cried and it turned off the television. We just sort of, we just like, click. Oh, we're sorry, Art. So, uh, well, in any event. All right. That's, I think about that kind of stuff uh, all the time. Just like I think about this. I think about the Bible. And if there's, there's no copyright on the Bible. So I always wonder if I could just go through and change some stuff and then put out my own version of the Bible. Just, they haven't uh, various versions of the Bible out. And just don't change it a lot. Just change a couple of the commandments. Like, thou shalt kill. And then put it out. The Bible. What's it called? Rick Emerson? No, it's just called the Holy Bible. You know, but you just like, you know, thou shalt thou shalt bonk thy neighbor's wife. You just make that one of the commandments, and then bam, you're good to go. Well, it happens anyway. I suppose. So a couple of these calls, and we'll take a break. We'll come back. Still to come, High Concept Thursday. Uh, and we will, uh, listener party edition, and uh, we'll do the top five. Top five 80s metal bands that had one big hit and then vanished forevermore. More, more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. What's up? I, uh, my house was robbed this morning. I'm sorry about that. Oh, man. And, uh, I'm still coming tonight, though. God bless you. See, everybody else, I have to get up early for so work. So what, ha- what happened? Listen to this guy. Uh, well, what happened was, well, I was working. What, what area of town do you live in? Well, it's, you know, <laughs> kind of to be expected. Something southeast? Something at some point. Well, Gresham? Yeah, so, yeah. southeast. All right. And, um, I live across the street from a 24-hour convenience mart. Uh-huh. So I, we always kind of figured that it's oh well, it's a pretty brazen and you know you know courage, courageous person. Yeah, because there's somebody crazy. always there, always there's watching. Always yeah, somebody there, especially at night. So we never really worried about it. But of course, it's a nice day, and uh, they figure, oh well, we'll hit up some place that leaves their window open uh, once uh, a nice day. Well, we didn't have a window open; it just happened to leave our slider door open that we let our dog through. Oh, uh, that sucks. Uh, what we always thought, too, was our dog was big enough and intimidating enough that he would scare whoever away. But all the person did was went around the backyard, went to the back gate, and then opened the slider door. The dog 
was just happy to be outside and ended up going out the gate. Oh, that sucks. How much and did they? How much did they get? Well, they ended up getting uh, getting our laptop and oh. a bunch of our booze. Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry, sir. But the thing is, they got the guy. Oh, really? They got the guy already because he was in a trailer park just down the street, <laughs> and the lady, our dog had ran across the street, Lassie style, to the gas station. Oh, oh, Dad's in the mine. And they started, like, giving him cookies and everything, and she got it, the, our number off of his tag, and uh, they called the police because <laughs> they saw a guy come out the front with a duffel bag full of stuff. That is so great. Oh, and my God. So they only live down the street in a trailer park. Yes. Did you get all your, did you get all your stuff back? We got all his stuff Oh, back. dude, this goes back to the thing I was just saying about how that criminal stupidity is like that overflow thing on your, ta- on your you know, your, your bathtub so it can't spill out. Jesus, I mean... They have the brains to circumvent your dog and to go for the stuff that's valuable. But they don't have the brains to go more than, like, you know, a couple blocks. No. I mean, Jesus, go a mile away at least. Well, yeah, uh, exactly. I'm, I'm glad it all worked out for it you, sir. It worked out, too. It just still sucked, though. But anyways, did you guys get the uh, Harvey Dent buttons? Uh, we did. Thank you, sir. Thank you for dropping those off. More Harvey Dent buttons and postcards. So, yes, we are eagerly awaiting the release. And you know what we haven't even talked about? Because the listener parties today, a week from today, the Indiana Jones movie comes out. Next Thursday, Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So it's going to be a good year, sir. All right. All right, my friend. We'll see you tonight. Glad everything worked out for you. All right. See you. All right. There you go. Jesus. Well, it's not worked out. That's insane. Me too. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick Emerson. What's up? Hey, Steve the Pirate. Yes. Um, hey, are you guys going to have the Star Wars guys there tonight? Uh, you mean, like, will Boba Fett and his, his peeps be there? Exactly. It's entirely possible. I know that he'll be there whether or not he comes uh, as Boba Fett. I don't know. That's uh, kind of in him. I, I don't know for sure. Those I'm, guys can kind I'm of... I'm hoping they, they do. They sort of turn up when you least expect it. <laughs> well, there'll be some pirates there. Yar. All right. Thank you, my okay. friend. Yeah, looking forward to it. All, All right. right. We'll see you there in your full pirate gear. All right. They'll be pirates. Of course they will. I love Portland. All right, should we take a break? Sure. Come back, take a break. After this, we'll return. Uh, Tim Riley returns at the bottom of the hour. We got the top five to get to as well. Top five 80s metal bands that had one hit and vanished forever. And we'll also do the uh, uh, high concept Thursday. Uh, Rick Emerson, listener party style. Stay there. Back after this. Told me she'd love me, and I told her that I'd do the same. Thanks. It just won't stop. You're no, welcome. Oh, great. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. No worries. I can play it again if you want. I know why you played that. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503 733 what are we doing here? Uh, we're going to do High Concept uh, Thursday, Sarah Dillon. Ooh, do you uh, get to hear the Dexter music? Yeah, we do. I'm just making sure. I, I never get, this... get tired of that theme, ever. I'm going to make sure I get this top five loaded. Oh, I need to load that thing. Uh, yes, you do. All right. <laughs> oh, by the way, I should get, I guess we have a 40-second delay. I'll give the, um, I will now give the uh, the High Concept. It is High Concept Thursday. Uh, Rick Emerson, listener party, 11 happening in Five hours and 43 minutes at the Crystal Ballroom, 14th and West Burnside, featuring the Rick Emerson Roast, music from Nickel Arcade, and a fantastic set uh, from Emerson Starship. Uh, so I know that everybody's down there. They're actually getting ready right now. Everybody's down there sort of assembling things as we speak. It's all very exciting. Did you exciting. call Susan? I did, actually. Okay. Yes, okay. I did. Uh, so uh, we will do, um, we'll do this, uh, this call here in a second, but here is the high concept for today. 
Uh, please now to complete this sentence on High Concept Thursday. The sentence is, this one time when I was really drunk. There you go. That is the high concept topic for today. Please now to complete this sentence. This one time when I was really drunk. Should I start? Should we start? It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. That is now the high concept topic for which to call. 503-733-2970. This one time when I was really drunk. I fell in a rose bush when I was trying to pee. Would you like to give any... Uh, no, elab- I we were just finishing the sentence. Any there. elaboration on that? Was this the time that you had all that night train? No, that was when you no. woke up by a fire. And you had somebody's flannel shirt on and you didn't know whose it was? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a bad night. That was in high school. I remember... I think I knew you when you got drunk and fell into a rose bush. That you was did, here. because I was covered in scratches. Because <laughs> you were um, using the outdoor facilities. There were no yeah. outdoor facilities. Seriously, you go to a house party and people are doing God knows what in the bathroom. And it's like 27 people long. You've yeah. got to learn how to pee outside in order to function in today's society. That should be your MySpace quote. All right, there you go. Words of wisdom from Sarah Dillon, ladies and gentlemen. It is High Concept Thursday. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, hi. Hello, hi. Hi. Yeah, this is Sarah. I just wanted to wish you all a great time tonight. Excellent. Thank you so much. Will you be there? Uh, no, I'm actually 3,000 miles away. Oh, that's what. Oh, is Sarah in Puerto Rico? Yes. Well, uh, that's some excuse. All right. Well, we thank you so much. We will be raising one in your honor. Oh, thank you very much. And please, I know you Americanos like to drink, but no drinking and driving because we don't, we don't want to end the, the night on a low note. And because we need all of our many listeners intact. Yes. Right. Tim Riley thank is my you. DD. All right. There you go. Uh, that is Sarah in Puerto Rico. Thank you. Uh, all right. Today's high concept topic. This one time when I was really drunk. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. One time when I was really drunk at an ex-girlfriend's house, mm-hmm. I urinated in her laundry basket in her closet. <laughs> Did she ever know that it was you, sir? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I was standing right next to her. So. <laughs> God bless you. We'll see you tonight, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. That's going to be hard to top. Uh, this one time when I was drunk. Yes, sir. This one time when I was really drunk, I uh, took my friend's Christmas tree and threw it out the second story window. Now, by accident, did you know you were on the second story? Yeah, I ripped out his screen and I was throwing beer cans and some people downstairs and then I took the tree out and tossed it to Had he offended you in some way? No, we were <laughs> just really drunk. Excellent, good for you. Will we be seeing you tonight, sir? Unfortunately, no. Why? My wife's going in for surgery tomorrow. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. You you are yeah. an exemption. Well, best of luck to you and her. All right. Thank, Thank you. you, sir. All right. Hi, Rick Emerson, uh, show High Concept Thursday. This one time when you were really drunk. This one time when I was really drunk, I was in the Air Force station over in Germany, and I went down to do a number two in a bar in Germany, and I passed out. But before I passed out, I threw up all over myself, and I got awoken by a whole bunch of angry Germans screaming at me to get out of the stall and when I went back up into the bar my buddy was all like hey look at these two hot girls that us met and I was like I gotta go home dude there's vomit all over me <laughs> thank you sir yep alright we'll see you tonight Rick Everson uh, listener party 11 happening tonight 8pm the Crystal Ballroom hi uh, it's high concept Thursday this one time when you were drunk I spent the evening pretending I was Sam Adams okay then thank you so much I'll have another good one yes that's when I was drunk, I woke, up, I woke up in the morning in a marina. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like on a boat? On a boat. Alone? In a marina. No, with a person. <laughs> with no, a person no, like, or no, with a person? Clo- no, full, no, fully clothed. I was on the couch on a boat. 
Do you have any idea how you got there? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> this is when I was that, that freshman in college. She'll be there tonight, kids. She's Sarah Dillon. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. There's one time when you were really drunk. I pled with a girl to whom I was not attracted to hold my head together so it would stop spinning. <laughs> really? Thank you. Yes. Thank you, sir. We'll see you tonight. Uh, Rick Emerson, listener, Party 11, happens tonight at 8 p.m. Hi, High Concept Thursday. Uh, this one time when you were really drunk. Uh, well, I closed down the bar and managed to stumble six blocks home, got into my backyard, two steps away from my back door, slipped in the wet grass, fell, broke two ribs, and uh, and, and uh, it was 2.30 in the morning. I lived next to my landlord, and the spotlight of shame turns on. <laughs> I was down in the wet grass holding my ribs as the spotlight shone down on me. Now, is it like a motion-activated stoplight, or is it, this it like... It was a motion-activated stoplight. Had he, he had been... Uh, so, now, did he know you were there, or was this like... Uh... Uh, well, I was walking home from the bar by myself and I got, got all the way home into the backyard. The spotlight turned on, kind of startled me, and I slipped in the wet grass. God bless you, sir. It. All right, God thank you, my you. friend. All right, we'll see you tonight. Uh, it is High Concept Thursday on the Rick you Emerson don't make Show. You feel so bad about myself, then. No, well, that guy, well, and that guy that vomited on himself and then passed out, that's a bad one, too. Aaron punch. sent me a bunch of disturbing emails of all these things that he did when he was drunk. I don't even think we should read those. No, and by the way, it, just as you can make it rain by what. <laughs> No one heard that. Just as, just as you can make it rain by washing your car, you can make hot girls appear by vomiting on yourself. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. High Concept Thursday. Finish this sentence. This one time when I was drunk. I volunteered to suck some spilled tequila out of my son's 19-year-old girlfriend's jeans. What? Yeah. Well, it was good to heal it. And I said, where, yeah, where I'll, where I'll suck it out of there. And <laughs> funny how she never let me live that down. Where, where on Just a, remember, where sir, jeans? staying 50 yards away means staying really sure. 50 just, yards away. I think it was just down on her legs, but I'm not really sure. But, you know, it was you were the drunk. tequila. I was, it was the tequila, not the jeans part. That was, no, really. I wouldn't lie. Bye now. Sorry. All right, see you tonight. It's getting progressively more creepy. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. The bar is being raised for what constitutes unnerving. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. High Concept Thursday. Finish this sentence. This one time when I was drunk. While I was on active duty in the Navy, I woke up on the wrong ship. <laughs> How does that even happen? Was that like uh, an Indiana Jones thing where you had to go like swim over and then catch the periscope? No, I walked down the pier and the ship on both sides looked identical and i thought well i thought it was the one on the right and it was the one on the left was sarah dylan on the couch in the next room oh. all right never mind sorry all right we'll do two more hi uh rick emerson show this one time when i was drunk yeah i uh i woke up on the edge of a river and buck ass naked with a family having a picnic near me do you okay. think they just assume you're like a dead body? I mean did they at some point did they come over and ask you to explain or did you no, just sort of stealthily like, were your clothes anywhere nearby? Uh, they were about 30 feet away. I think I'd gone skinny dipping and, and just swam to shore and then... That was sort of a made it all the way in, made it a third of the way out kind of a thing. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. We'll see you tonight. Uh, final call for High Concept don't Thursday. Uh, yes, you're setting now the tone for the rest of the program. Please don't be awful. Uh, this one time when I was drunk. Go. Uh, this one time when I was drunk, uh, I fell asleep with my girlfriend and we both woke up up in a tree in the middle of a park naked win all right thank you sir all right <laughs> there you go all right we'll see you tonight my friend what is the... i don't know it's like that thing where they take apart the volkswagen and they put it on top of the dean's house now. all right take a break we come back after this more from tim riley at the ministry of truth uh and the top five uh, top five 80s metal bands who had one big hit and then vanished forevermore that's all in the way like it's at three michael marishold seven rick emerson uh, listener party 11 in five hours and 35 minutes stay there back after this 
need to build a sex temple. I don't mean for this to sound sleazy, but what do you wear when I put my baby in you? I better take off my pants. Take off your panties. Let me go to uh, the horny slut.com rape food like bosoms. For bosoms? Uh, which are plentiful. It's really possible it's being hidden in my butt. You must take my seat. I'm sweating for the anus. No matter what you do in your life, you will never be as retarded as I am. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. I just rediscovered that. I haven't played that in like weeks. Do everything you can. Just make me sound as creepy and awkward as possible. I appreciate it. You are very creepy and awkward. Thanks so much. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, now, five hours and 29 minutes away from the beginning of Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Not every time you say how far away it is. Five hours, 28 minutes, and 38 seconds from the beginning of Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Happening tonight. Panicky. At the Crystal Ballroom. At least I know you're buying vodka. 14th and West Burnside. Uh, featuring uh, the Rick Emerson roast, uh, the world premiere of a short film starring Tim Riley, music from Nickel Arcade and Emerson Starship, a cavalcade of whimsicality and drunken pain. Uh, that is all coming up tonight. We'll do the top five here in a few. Top five hair metal bands who had one 1980s hit, then vanished altogether. This, however, is your personal savior. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, with the warmer weather here, you can expect more drug deals going bad at max stops. Portland Police is Searching for a man in connection with a drug deal gone bad at the Max station. They chased him away. This happened in Northeast 82nd, of course. So what does he do? He breaks into two houses on his way out. Of course. They still haven't found him yet. Well, because you're already there. That's making a have out of a have-not. Uh-oh. It's going to be 88 degrees. I wonder what it is right now inside my car. So it only gets to ride <laughs> in a little bit later. I'm so excited to see your fancy Volvo. I know. Even have we ever, I don't think you and I have ever been in a small enclosed space together. Oh, that is true. I'm yeah. a little bit nervous. Me too. Do you have air conditioning? <laughs> I do. Okay. Now, do you use your air conditioning? It'll be the first time I turned it on this season. All right. So it's going to be filled with, you know, the stench of dead insects and, you know, whatever. But Because at least you're not one of those people that gets the air conditioning, but then, like, who buys the air conditioning, but then you're, like, you're never, like, you're never actually allowed to turn it on or use it, which is the thing my dad would do growing up. You know, and I grew up, like, in Kennewick, it's, it's got 115 degrees. During the, it's a desert. And so I'm just sitting there like I'm seeing dead relatives at the end of a long white tunnel. And my dad, no, 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 don't touch that air conditioner, which he paid like hundreds. I, I, I mean, I'm sure that there were probably shots I was supposed to have get, like, gotten as a kid that, I, that we didn't get because he was buying an air conditioner, which then just sat unused in the window. It was like it was solely for cosmetic and decorative purposes. So, all right. Well, in any event. Well, I'll turn the air conditioner on, and it's clean. All, all right. right. I turned on the air conditioner at home, the central air conditioning system, and it had been off all winter. So I set it for 78 degrees today. Of course. <laughs> do, you have the, do you have the central vacuuming, too? Where you nope, just plug that fascinates the, I, me. I manually vacuum. Really? Do you find it forward. satisfying? No, I hate it. Really? Yeah. If I had the extra money, I'd hire a maid. But, I mean, I do have people waiting on me, but they're just gardeners. They don't come inside the house. <laughs> they're not allowed to look you in the eye. No. All right. So it's going to be 88 today, 95 tomorrow, 92 Saturday, 90 Sunday, and it's not going to cool off till next Tuesday. River. Fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen. You want me to do one more? Yes. A Chinese restaurant is being criticized for keeping fish in a urinal. Uh, there are about 20 fancy carp in a gentleman's bathroom. Fancy carp. Yes. Your upscale carp. Uh, some people say it's disrespectful to China's fish culture. Perhaps some people agree. A spokesman for the restaurant insisted the urinal contained a mixture of urine and water and is not harmful to fish. 
That is Having not decided to proceed with the story, I see that there's almost no way I can comment upon it without sounding horrifying or insensitive. So we're just going to pretend that didn't happen. I want mildly the post through Playboy, says Hef. Okay. He wants a 15-year-old to... Uh, yeah, I feel dirty. I think you may be misreading the story somehow. <laughs> Are you sure? No, that's exactly what it says. CBS I want Radio Miley does to not pose promote... in Playboy. Uh-huh. Well, he's getting old. He's 82. <laughs> so perhaps he's not adding correctly. That's all I have to say. I'll see everyone at the listening party tonight. Yes. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, he's Tim Riley, greatest newsman in all the world. Back at four, five, six, and seven, top of the hour, uh, all the way through Lycus. Ladies and gentlemen, let's now roll your top five. Five, four, three, two, one, fire. Oh, I forgot we were still in the top five. Here, let me hand this to you, Tim. Oh, I just told him he could go. Can I just tell you how no, little... You want to stay? Yes, I'm staying. Oh, okay. I, mean, I didn't know. I thought you wanted not, to go. Not that I don't stay every day. Can I just tell you how little sleep I've had for the last three days? Well, I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing you and me both. We're picking up your slack, Rick. I'm, trying, I'm doing the best I can. I, there are these dead stops, and the show just comes to a standstill, and I'm wondering what to do next. <laughs> Am I supposed to be here? And then walk into the wrong program? <laughs> You're always supposed to be here. Aren't I supposed to do this? Yes, you are. Why were you holding it? I don't know. Sitting here wondering what's happening next. I think over the last three days, I think I've had a grand total of about four hours of uninterrupted sleep. I woke up at 6 o'clock this morning and could not fall you're, back you're asleep. You're almost done. Jesus, God. I wish I was dead. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's here is your stuff for Thursday with Tim Riley. And for no readily apparent reason, we now present these, the top five hair metal bands that had big 1980s hits and then vanished altogether. But honorable mention, it's Danger, Danger, Naughty, Naughty. This is the worst band ever. Let's welcome now our good friend uh, James Robinson to the program as well. Greatest uh, show ever. 80s metal Greatest enthusiast. Greatest show ever. Oh, thank you. I, uh, so it was you and I and Chris Paddock. In a room, all trying to put this list together. Chris Paddock, who, God love him, was almost no help here. Because as we... I was actually on the phone with my wife, having her go through my CD collection so I could remember. (laughs) As we we were sort of talking to Chris Paddock, who's the program director for KUFO. And the way we sort of described it is, like, attitudinally during the 80s, he was sort of in Athens, Georgia, while I was sort of at the cat house on the Sunset Strip. Uh, Because he was, you know, know, like all of your Susie Sue questions, he could probably answer quite handily. Uh, But when it came to guys with spandex and shiny keyboards, he was... great big hair. ...really no help at all. Uh, So this is Danger Danger, who suck, by the way. Um, this was the only good song on that album. It's the creepiest video, too. It's like, the first of all, it's an awful song, because isn't it, the band is Danger Danger, the song is Naughty Naughty, and wasn't their follow-up called Bang Bang? Yeah. <laughs> so they had like a whole, and it was, and if I remember correctly, the video had the silhouette of a nude man it was a in a trench coat. stalker video. But he was like nude in a trench coat twirling around in a phone booth. Like, it didn't make any sense at all. Are you sure it wasn't the, the silhouette of the girl? I don't know. It was like some weird Maplethorpe fever, fever dream. It just didn't, it made no sense at all to me. I remember being really creeped out by it, even as a teenage boy, when almost nothing creeps you out. Anyway. All right, these are the top five 80s metal bands that have one massive hit and then vanished forever. Number five, Pretty Boy Floyd, and I Want to Be With You. Yeah. So this song is equal parts great and awful. Um... <laughs> Pretty Boy Floyd, who were not the last gas, but this is like 87, maybe? No, no maybe 89. That, 89. It was this 89. Came out. Uh, worst ever album title. It was all Z's, by the way. It was it was Leather Boys with Electric Toys was the name of this album. 
This is and a bunch of prettier men in makeup. I mean, then they were all like size zero pants and like the huge hair farm. Bright, bright, bright red lipstick. And this is also the first rock star interview I ever did was with these guys. Uh, Pretty Boy Floyd was the very first interview I ever did. I haven't heard this song forever. We haven't even gotten to the hook yet. It was a really catchy song, but listen to this, that huge, that gymnasium reverb. <laughs> if somebody really wanted to uh, catch the zeitgeist, like one of those one of those dicks that's always on VH1, they should create some sort of computer program that can construct power ballads automatically. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah, they of, all had the same format. Like a sort of Mad Libs meets HAL, Hal 9000, and it could just sort of crank out, you know, the light, the light heavy, light heavy thing. These are the top five 80s metal bands that had a hit and then vanished forever. Tim Riley. Geez, I have a little uh, break news here. They're going to make a sequel to Point Break. Really? Oh, yeah, I heard yes. that yesterday. Is it going to be called Point Wake? <laughs> it's like, it's supposed to take place like 20 years after Patrick Swayze's character. Point Wake! Never mind. Uh, Whatever. Nothing. You need to, you need to move on. Is it too soon? Yes. Number right. four, Soraya. Love has taken its toll. And you said it's actually Soraya? Is Soraya, that how it's pronounced? Yeah. It's like for the longest time I said sabotage. And I guess it's... Sabotage. <laughs> you say sabotage. Don't correct me. It sickens me. <laughs> so this is one of those songs that I thought only I knew. And I was really gratified to hear that you actually have this entire record. I only have the single. Yeah. Yeah. This is a great song. It's a, it's not a bad album. She's probably one of the first uh, female rock singers for this genre for metal. She had kind of a, uh, I don't know, kind of even edgier sounding than Pat Benatar. They live in New Jersey or something. They have a MySpace page, but it's that, it's the kind of sad MySpace page where there's four friends and it hasn't been updated since like 2003. <laughs> Last login, January 5th, 2004. They've probably forgotten they have my spit. Don't you hate that on there when you see someone that you really want to be friends with, like a celebrity or, you know, like a fake profile, right. and they never, ever check it ever again? Really ballsy. It's a great song. Guitar riff. You know, and I think about this song actually a lot, way, like disproportionately, way more than I should. Great song. There's nothing wrong with this song. Song holds up absolutely. All right, counting on the top five 80s bands that had one huge uh, 80s metal band that had one big hit and then vanished forevermore. Number three, Steelheart. I'll never let you go. Yeah. Steelheart. I don't even know where to. I don't even know where to start with these guys. First of all, they had a truly abysmal follow-up record, <laughs> as did all of these bands. The guy's voice, the the high pitched screech. Was well, that was the awful. gimmick. That was I don't even know the guy's name. What's the singer's name? You know? Mm, no, it's the top of my head. Angela. The gimmick. See, this part is fine. It's when he like really gets into the heavy part and goes way falsetto. I was a. Uh, do you know the song, Sarah? No, but this singer sounds like like every eighties singer. Hey, but it gets, but it, it, it just it reaches levels that you can't even imagine. Are you able to skip ahead? Are you playing this off the AVRPS? Nope. Mm. Unfortunately not. Does he kick it into high gear like at any point before the end of the song? Yeah, I think the choruses. Because, you know, there's just that... Wait, the, the gimmick for this band was this guy had, like, the highest singing voice in all of metal. And then Mark You'll get Slaughter a little bit of it right along. here. Yeah. I remember you playing this for me years ago because he could hold, like, this really super high note. This sticks. 
What's that? <laughs> he kind of has that, uh, what's his name, Michael Sweet from Striper. Yeah, he sounds a lot like uh, a lower-end Mark Slaughter. Yeah. I've been, I, was a, uh, I was a rock DJ uh, when this song came out, and it was like, it was one of those songs that every time you'd play it, you'd spend the next 20 minutes trying to answer calls. And they're like, who's that song you just played? It was righteous. And they had some terrible, they had another, they had a follow-up single to this. It wasn't any good. And then they did the thing of, they did the thing that MC Hammer did too, but they did the rock version with a follow-up record. They had a really good song on this album called uh, Can't Stop. I know that was song. Fantastic. But I think they released it, but it got like no airplay or anything. But they did the follow-up record where they were trying to be all metal. And like they were trying, like how, like how, like how Hammer suddenly was all ganked, like he was trying to check the fools that misunderstood. Yeah. And so Steelheart put up this record where suddenly it was like, by using incrementally less product in their hair, and then one of the guys would sort of do that straddling pose where he would like tilt his chin up at the camera, <laughs> and like with the with the belt made out of bullets, and like that equaled like hardcore or something. <laughs> Jesus. God, the '80s were terrible. Counting on the top five '80s metal bands that had one big hit and then vanished forevermore. Uh, number two is Dad with Sleeping My Day Away. Dad, this is not terrible, however. This is an unbelievably great song even now. Great album. D.A.D., which stands for? Disneyland After Dark. Uh, which they were able to use for the first test pressings of the record and the demos that went out until the Walt Disney Corporation sued them, and so they were forever more known as D.A.D. after Interesting. that. Interesting. I just saw this, like, not even five minutes ago. They're in the studio with a new album. D.A.D.? Yes. I will completely buy that record. <laughs> So this song, this is their, this was their big hit. It's called "Sleeping My Day Away." Their first, uh, yeah, it was their first. They had another song like right after this called "Girl Nation." Yeah, that "Girl Nation" is a great song, and they had uh, uh, "Rim of Hell," yeah. and that song "G Had," which was really good. Aren't they from Norway or Denmark, Denmark or something? Yeah. yeah. It's a couple of brothers and a couple other guys. So they got signed because their bass player, uh, some guys. One of the the guy who signed him saw him in a club, and the bass player was playing a two-string bass wearing a scuba outfit. Fantastic! <laughs> I remember that uh, this came out when I was in I was a freshman maybe in high school, like about '89 or so. Uh, so this was one of the songs because there was that thing you did in the '80s, and I don't know if kids still do this now, where it was like like eight or nine peachy folders all put inside one another to make like a big like a, like a real kind of a ghetto trapper keeper kind of a thing but on each one I had a different set of metal lyrics written like in my big kind of like righteous metal dude scrawl like so I did I that when had, I wasn't busy writing I so metal on my like knuckles the, the logos of different bands on mine and so I had that this was uh, on the very front uh, of my school folders I had the lyrics to this song written and then there was like and then there was like Tesla lyrics on the next page or something and then one page was nothing but pentagrams <laughs> I love this. This is still a great song. All right, counting on the top five 80s metal bands that had one big hit and then vanished forevermore. Number one, Bang Tango. Someone like you. This guy had a great scream. What's this guy's name? Joe Lestet. Yeah. Great, real, like, kind of guttural rasp. They were kind of a gothy band before goth was even a, a style. You know what they sound like? And I didn't realize until I was loading this into the system. They sound like the cult. And I Big never time. really... You, when you, uh, he has that kind of Ian Asbury sort of swagger. And that kind of, like, dead strumming thing they're doing right there. 
is a great record. This is uh, Psycho Cafe. Psycho Cafe, yeah. They also had the one real weak spot on this record is they had this terrible song called, uh, it was called Just For You, oh. which was sort of like, it was right after Guns N' Roses put out Patience. And so all the A&R guys were like, no, 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 just do one record where it's just you and the guitar player. Yeah. Just make something up. Acoustic. Three minutes. Go. They had a great, great cover. Song, though. Wow, that's still really good. And then they did Dancing on Coals, which was the album. Yeah, it was a follow up. It wasn't as good, but it was like, at least uh, from a market standpoint, but it was it was a great album. It was just as good. They also had a, a fantastic cover of T-Rex's 20th Century Boy, which is like incredibly rare to find. Do you have their live album? Bang Tango, Ain't No Jive Live. Which one? I actually got the one yeah. that got them signed. Nerd. All right. James <laughs> Robinson, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Back after this, uh, Like Us at 3, Michael Mara Show at 7, and Rick Emerson, Listener Party 11 in 5 hours and 13 minutes. Stay right there. We return next. All right. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, on any other day, that is. The final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. We are now five hours, seven minutes away from the beginning of Rick Emerson. Listen to Party 11. Emerson's 11. No. Happening tonight, 8 p.m., the Crystal Ballroom in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, 14th and West Burnside. By the way, the lead singer for Steelheart is blah, 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 ethnic name I can't pronounce. He did most of the singing for Steel Dragon, the band for the rock star movie with Mark Wahlberg. So there you go. Well, okay. Steel Dragon. It, oh, that is genius. I uh, I should have found it during the break, but yeah, maybe tomorrow or some other time. I'll play just the last 30 seconds of that Steelheart song, because it's just absurd. All right. Uh, okay, how long do we have here? Oh, we've got about four minutes. What should we do? What should we do in the last four minutes that we have to whore the listener? Uh, I don't know. Would uh, anyone like to sing? Let's get out the guitar. Sing a few songs. Sing songs. Uh, let's see. Well, we'll take some random phone calls if you like. It is 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. We'll do random phone calls till the end of the show. You Don't forget. You know Do you have the popcorn song? You should put that underneath the call. I, you know, the only version... I have this one, which is sort of like a vaguely Soviet version. Yeah, that's true. I think I found... The techno version of it yesterday, because we'd lost it at one point, or I had. Hold on, and then we'll talk more about the party in a second. No, again, I only have the Jews Harp version. Well, whatever. All right, I got it. Yo! All right, it's five zero three seven three three. Where did you get that? I'm me. Because that's the one I've been looking for that I lost. Now I want coffee. 503-733-2970. Hello, my name is Pavlov. <laughs> See, that's why I love you right there. God good, bless you, Good guy, Radio Time is now. You can't be All right. Oh, no, Richie. No, Richie, no, we don't. It's okay. No. <laughs> that was great on, like, so many levels. All right. Uh, random calls to the end of the show. Hi, it's, uh, I guess I need to press the button. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Yeah, is there something going on tonight? There, there might be. There might be something going Maybe. on tonight, Dick. Thanks. Isn't it first Thursday or something? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. Bye now. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Way to make the most of your time. Thanks. 
Uh, don't forget, Rick Emerson, listener party, 11, happening tonight, 8 o'clock. Music from Emerson Starship, uh, who are going to be doing music throughout uh, the event as well. They're going to be playing the roasters on and off. They're going to be doing the roast open, the party show open. They're great rock set at the end. Uh, Nickel Arcade as well, the roast. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hey, Rick. Uh, tonight at the listener party, would one be able to gaze the general direction of if not speak directly to To who? What was that about? I don't know. Hello? Hello? I don't know. All right. Now we'll never know. Hi, well, Sir Marge will be there. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello? Hi there. How's it going? What's up? Hey, uh, you know, in GTA, <laughs> they have a reference to the interwebs as a series of tubes in one of those wacky uh, talk shows on the radio. Is that true? So if you're listening, because so, in Grand Theft Auto, you can drive around and listen to the radio. Uh, on PLR, they, the mayor talks about the internet, about a series of tubes and how people want to shove their privates into the computer screen. <laughs> okay, I have to get that audio. Thank you. Thank you. You're the coolest. All right, there you go. Uh, I know that in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, they had a bunch of um, uh, guests. Like, I know Axl Rose is one of the DJs or something. That's fantastic. All right, hi. You're on the Rick Everson radio program. Hello. Hey, Rick. It's Bill. Hey. I wanted to thank you in advance of how much fun I'm going to have tonight. Thank you, sir. And for how much pain you will endure tomorrow. Oh, uh, no, I'm going to be careful. I'll be a good boy. Oh, they see, people always say that, but it never really ends that way, does it? You say uh, that now. It ends with you throwing up outside on your shoes. Uh, alone. <laughs> the good the good Bill says that, but good Bill won't be in attendance tonight. I, I'll let Richie do it for me. All right. Thank you, my friend. Hey, we'll see you guys. See you tonight. Uh, how long do we uh, have here? One um, minute. Forty seconds. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hey, you got time for a question? Yes, sir. What time does the actual roast occur? Uh, I don't know. Sometime after 8 o'clock. Well, is it going to be like midway through? Because I've uh, got other things I've got to do. And I... What other things do you have to do? Give me two. It, it doesn't matter. but It does. It does matter, sir. You hey, by are you... the way, uh, you don't have people screening your calls anymore? Are you donating? Well, we do sometimes. Oh. Are you donating plasma? I didn't want to waste their time for this. I could have just asked that uh, worthless bum, Richie. It's never a waste to hear your dulcet tones. You sound as though you're in a bad mood. Oh, no. I just That's all I wanted to do is just ask whoever the call screener was what time the actual roast was going to take place. It'll be sometime after 8 o'clock, I would imagine. What fun would that be if we told you specifically? Part of, you know, anticipation well, is half the fun, maybe, sir. Uh, uh, arrange other things that I have to do tonight around that. How late is this whole uh, gig going to go? We love you. I would say 3 or 4 in the morning. Oh, okay. Bye now. You guys have a good night. Okay, you too. <laughs> Whatever. Thanks for playing, sir. Thanks for ending the show on and up. We appreciate it. All right. We want to thank CNN radio correspondents Bob Costantini, as well as Steve Castenbaum today, and Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. We will see you tonight at the Crystal Ballroom for Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. The Crystal Ballroom tonight. Doors open at 7. Be there early. Sarah X. Dillon, Tim Riley, myself, the gatekeeper, uh, Richie Bristle, the phone screener. Uh, everybody will be there tonight, plus Nickel Arcade, plus Emerson Starship. See you all then. Thanks for listening. Be safe. See you tonight. Bye now.